It's the one place in all of the internet where you'll find four guys talking pro wrestling way too seriously. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, Brandon Linton, and WWE superstar AJ Francis. This is Jobbing Out. What's What's up? What's up? What's up? Welcome in episode number 17 of Jobbing Out. Anyone? Anyone? Didn't you just do 17 last week? Um, I I don't remember what I did. What did I do last week? We did something... Yeah, well, it was 17 because it was the undrafted people, and there were 17 Oh, yeah, this is, this is not that. This is something different. Not everybody at once, though. Halloween Havocs. I believe there have been... Hang on a second. I did actually look that up recently. I don't think it's 17. Yeah, probably not that many. There's probably like 12. But. Uh, I'll check it again. Uh, Brandon? Okay. Um... 17. This will be the 13th Halloween Havoc. Okay. I'm going to say 17 members of... I don't fucking know. All right, thank you. Very helpful. I, again, warn you that you... you should pick a different fucking number. No, I'm not going to do that. I warn you, you might be overthinking it. That's all I'm going to say. You might be overthinking a little bit. As in 17, what time did we all agree we we're going to do the show tonight? Oh, oh it's 17 yes. minutes past the time and, and, we said we were going to do the show. And which one of us still isn't here? AJ. The yeah, event. the main event. Vent, vent, vent. Who said, I'm good. Got to do it at night this week, but I'm good. And so despite having a lot going on, we said, all right, dude, for you, we will do a special night. Aaron's asked us a million times, and we've said he can sodomize himself. Right. We've said he can die a fiery death before we would change our schedules for him. But for AJ, we said, you know what? You got it. And now this is episode number 19 because <laughs> he's 19 minutes late. And if my five-year-old was here, he would update me every minute as to how late he was. By the way, that's a bit I've had to enjoy in my life. We put a clock in the five-year-old's room, and he'll hear one of us ask the other one. Like, my wife will say something like, hey, baby, what time is it? And every minute on the minute for the next 15 minutes, we will hear, Mom, it's 747. Dad, it's 748. The best part is you don't even know he's doing a bit. Like he he knows he's doing. Oh a yeah, bit. he's totally on it. We're just <laughs> so that that. And, and what are we gonna say back? Like we're glad that he's. Re- like, Thanks, bud. That's the way that that goes. All right, Glenn Clark, uh, Aaron Oster from uh, the Baltimore Sun and Veasan, as well as Brandon Linton from Rams Head Live, and we believe. Oh, maybe we just got a text. Oh, he says he's ready now. He says let's he's see ready. If this actually works. Let's see what happens here. Okay, let's go ahead and click this button and see what appears. Mm-hmm. The moment of truth. By the way, Kevin Eck, our old friend, is going to join us later on in the program from Ring of Honor. Uh, he's got a new podcast. Remember, he was never going to do podcasts, he said. Never going to be a podcast guy. He's got two already. Um, but we'll talk to him about that, talk to him about uh, what's going on in the Pure Tournament. Hello? Do I? Hello? Look who's here! It's the main event. 
Bang. 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 Yay! Hey, AJ, I already asked the guys because we introduced the show. I'm going to ask you the same thing. Uh, this is episode number 22 of Jobbing Out. Do you have any idea why this would be episode number 22 of Jobbing Out? Um, is it because that is... How many days since the last time I was on the show? You know what? That's a heck of a guess. That's not a bad guess. I'll give you a hint. The episode number has changed a couple of times. Yeah. When we started the episode, it was episode number 17. I have no idea. Ah. It's because we scheduled a fucking night show for you and you're 22 minutes late. You asshole. (laughs) Hey. Uh, I've heard... heard Hollywood stars coming in hours late. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, AJ, of course, is with us. Don't rush us. the talent. Yeah, Don't right. Rush the talent. He's gonna help us. He's gonna help us make picks uh, for this week. Uh, anything in your world that you can tell us about at the moment, or we still have to sit nope. here? Okay, very good. <laughs> Any anything nope. that. Like uh, uh say anything in your world we can tell them about. Yeah, I guess that's like, I guess that's we're true. in the know. Yeah, but just, just know that uh, the world is a good place right now. I believe that. Anything that like you're enjoying on Netflix that you'd like to talk about or something like that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm really. Uh, they brought back Unsolved Mysteries for season two. Uh, the first one was like based you, in Baltimore, wasn't it? The first episode uh, of the uh, first uh, one. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's a. It's a great time right now. So, so, so Bra- Brandon hasn't been able to plug anything in what for different reasons. It's because unfortunately you can't run shows when there's a pandemic going on. So uh, his new bit that he forgot about last week is to plug some sort of a fast food thing that he's enjoyed of late. That's his new bit. So if anything uh, like that, I have been eating a lot of Chick Fil A recently. I mean, I just had Chick Fil A just now. Look at you guys. Look at uh, who'd have thought? Not me. Not me. Um, so that's anything, anything like that that you'd like to plug, just things that you're enjoying in the world. We'd be fine with. Yes. Um, uh, my FIFA team, FIFA 21 started, (laughs) uh, I'm already top 1000 in the world. Um, I finished last year. The highest I got last year was like 719 in the world. Um, this year I'm trying to go top 100 for sure. So, uh, it's been really good run. I've got 117 games so far this season, and in those 117 games, I have 54 goals and 47 assists, so I've been doing pretty well. You know Jesus what I'm Christ, Damn. man. Well, in fairness, though, some people are meant for you know electronic sports. Some of us are meant for real sports. You know, it's right. just the way yeah, that it goes. Like you can be you good know, at vi- between the four of us. Obviously, Glenn is the real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure if you remember, but I was once called. The man beast. <laughs> I unfortunately was there. Now, how many, uh, how many very attractive, accomplished professional wrestlers have called you the man beast, AJ? Uh, zero. None. Zero. You know how many have done it to me? One. And it was an important one. So <laughs> Also, I'm not sure if you guys heard, but I would appreciate you showing me the respect I deserve. Of course, it was made known publicly this week that I'm a noted international (laughs) professional wrestling influencer. It was noted this week, and I would ask that you all treat me accordingly now that you know that you're in the presence of greatness. So that's all I ask is just that you treat me that way. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I ask for. (laughs) 
All right, uh, AJ's here to help us make our picks. Uh, AJ, we're going to do Hell in a Cell. Are you good to make picks for Halloween Havoc as well? I don't know what the rules are for you in your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. All right, very good. We will do that. Um, so Are we, we doing should and will? So, AJ, when you're not here, we do a bit where we say – maybe you've done this with us once before. I don't remember if you're – I never know what the rules are. Um, we've been doing here's who we think will win and here's who we think should win. Are you good with doing that? Okay, awesome. All right, very good. So let's begin, uh, because it comes up first, let's begin with Hell in a Cell. It is this Sunday night um, up against a football game and uh, game five of the World Series. But other than that, nothing really going on. Um, we will begin. There is a. There are only four matches currently officially on the card. If more matches are added, and we assume they will be, um, we will uh, tweet about our picks. Each of these matches is going to go an hour. That's also possible, especially the fact that three of them are Hell in a Cell matches, so you assume that they could go sometime. The only match on the card right now that isn't a Hell in a Cell match is Jeff Hardy and Elias, who, by the way, is really effing good at music. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that, Amazing. that could legitimately been played on the radio. No. Amazing. My... Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So I heard Elias's first album, right? And it was just a tongue-in-cheek. Like, right, it was comedy. I told you guys, I told you guys, we're gonna, I was gonna make an album, and I'm just gonna make fun of you the whole time for actually coming to search this out. Um, this isn't really good music. I just knew that I could convince you to go put this on your streams. Blah 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 blah. So then, by doing that, the second time he comes around <laughs> and he says, "Oh, he's got an album coming out," I'm like, "All right, whatever, dude." Like. I'm not going to fall for this twice. I'm not going to go listen to your stupid uh, joke album again, you know. And then he comes out and does this song. Dude. And I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to boo this? Right. Yeah. Two songs. <laughs> that's what, that's, Two songs. And, and that's what I tweeted. Like, if he's supposed to be the deluded guy who thinks he's a rock star but actually isn't, but he's actually really good, how are we supposed to treat that? Like, I mean, that's like I, that. I, it could go back to what I was saying last week, though, that this is temporary, like, he re- like in in kayfabe they're trying to play it like he really thinks jeff hardy hit him with the car i don't know i'm just man. talking about the rock star part yeah like his character is the deluded rock star no, if he's legitimate he's face, no but when he's a face he's legitimate well, whatever he's legitimate like this that was legitimate that was bob seeger i mean like that was... i know but he he did do a couple solo performances at a face as a face that were like actually good that we were snapping well, along to or whatever but yeah. it was always like you know i'm gonna make fun of you in a pretty good way this is like that song could have been on the radio do you I remember trying glenn were you with me was that was it you and i we were definitely at a, at a show, show we were in yes Baltimore. yes and, and it he was did a really long segment. Yep. He was technically supposed to be a heel. Yeah, but, but the, the song it was, was so goddamn good that the it whole was, crowd it was, was incredible. Like it was it with them. But that you can get away with some of those things at house shows, clearly. We're like, you know, it's it's well, a no, little but my point my point is I think that's what you you know, obviously you want it to be you, he can't suck if he's a face, unless it's like an R-Truth kind of thing. You know what I mean? Wait, do you, like, wait, 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 wait. Stop for a second. What are yeah, you suggesting? Like, like yeah. Yeah, Careful. Like that. But you, when you say, unless it's like an R-Truth thing, what exactly do are you, you mean? But Yeah. No. Like, I, I just no, need but, you to know that I have a knife in my hand currently. Go ahead. Say it again. I'm saying when, he, when, he, when, he, when he's like fun R-Truth, he doesn't come out and like rip bars on someone like 
like serious. You know what I mean? He's like he just does saying. like a sing along jokey thing. You know. Let's make it clear though. He could. He's the most talented human that's of ever lived. He could. All right. I'm let's just make sure we got if that. If you want the character to be. A certain way, you just meld whatever he's doing musically to that character. AJ, you also, for some reason right now, sound like you're three feet away from uh, whatever device you're talking into. Um, but how, how do I sound now? And about the same, about the same. But but there was um, there was a shoot, in, well shootish interview with him a while ago. I want to. It was on. I can't even remember whose pod. It might have been Jericho's podcast when he was still allowed to have people on, but. Where he basically said that he's be, like he's an actually real trained musician. Um, well, I mean, like, that appears they, clear. To be a wrestler, <laughs> yeah. they didn't say pick up a guitar. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it appears clear. It was amazing. All right, uh, AJ, go ahead, make your pick. Hold on for a sec. Oh, okay. We'll just we'll be over can here. Can you hear now. me now? Yeah, we can hear you absolutely. Way better now. Better, yes, no doubt. Okay. Um, I gotta go with Elias here. Elias, uh, you can't follow up that kind of performance with pyro and all the stuff that, I mean, that was just dope. That was really dope. Like that's see when I, when I talk about my idea for my character as the rapper character, like performance, like performances like that are what I envision. And WWE's never really done things like that to put their like artist um, characters over like that. And it worked, bro. It was sick. So I'm going to go with Elias. I, I, I remember it should and will. Are you, uh, should Elias will Elias. All right. I, I agree for sure on should Elias. There's no question about that. The only real question is, are you rolling with this for a little while? Or are you bailing on it? If you're rolling with it, you have to have Elias win because, you you know, you would have to have the face, you know, win on the end. Um, if you're bailing on it, then I get nervous. They just say, ha-ha, Jeff Hardy wins, and we move on. I'm going to roll with you. I'm going to say should and will Elias as well. That was, that was, un- I mean, I can't. I'm like shaken by how good that was, and it, like, look, it was somebody, so good. somebody's gonna it say, was so good. some guy, somebody's gonna say, you guys are rubes. He wasn't really singing live or whatever. I mean, for fuck's sake, doesn't dude. matter. Who gives but, a but shit? Even if he wasn't singing live, it clearly was his real voice. Correct. That like, was him singing. Yes. Someone lip syncing a pre-recorded thing. Yes. And lip syncing someone else's. No doubt, man. Like, yeah. it Plus, was again, awesome. As far as the character goes, the character was the one singing it, so yeah, it doesn't exactly really right. matter to me. Exactly right. All right, Aaron. Uh, absolutely should Elias. The, my only question is, you know, coming out of, of the title picture, do they want Jeff Hardy positioned as a strong faith? I think they could do it anyways. Uh, even if Elias won here, you have Jeff Hardy win the next one. If you're looking to him to have a, have a winner program with, let's say, Randy Orton or something like that. But um, I, I think it should and will be Elias. Yeah, I, I'm going to say uh, should and will be Elias. But I do want to make a note that like this, this if they roll with this, I'm real like to, to our everything we said earlier about Elias's performance being so good and the music being good. I'm really nervous that there's like a way too easy little like thing they could go to, which is have like Jeff Hardy's band do something. And if <laughs> you can't, <laughs> how should I say this? Nicely? You can't have the face do what his band does and have Elias as a heel do what his band is. Are you doing. trying to say they suck? Is that, we, that. is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> Not sure how I feel about that. All right. Um, Jeff Hardy's band sucks. Correct. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, got, got, we got what you're putting. Next, <laughs> next up, first of three Hell in a Cell matches on the card for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Bailey and Sasha Banks. Oh, shit, I'm first. It's you. I am... Uh, 
I'm kind of struggling with this one, if I'm being honest with you. It it just doesn't feel like this can be over. And I don't know if you guys have heard, this is hell in a cell. Like, this is this is supposed to be where these things end. It's the first match, right? Yeah. Um, I really don't know the direction that that you go. I, like, ultimately, I think Bailey's you know got to drop the belt. I think Sasha's got to win, but. It doesn't feel like she should win the first match. However, the first match is a Hell in a Cell match. So I'm going to say Sasha Banks. I, I just, I'm, I'm confused by the circumstances. So I'll say, should Sasha Banks and will Sasha Banks? Yeah, I'm with you on this one in that this doesn't, this feels like this should be a chase. And I know you can almost say that the past, you know, six to eight months have been a chase and have been a build. And, and you've gotten to this point because of that. And, and you're, you wouldn't be wrong if you said that, but you really want to see that, you know, strong ch- chase from Sasha that we haven't really seen yet. I almost wonder, you know, being that this is Hell in a Cell, can you do something where something happens, Sasha gets very injured, comes back at Rumble, you insert Bianca Belair for the next couple months, have Sasha come back, uh, you know, whether it's win the Rumble or whatever, and then come back and that's kind of your mania thing. I don't know if you can stretch it out that long. So I kind of want to say should be Bailey, and I'm going to oh boy, this, I, I'm going to say will be Bailey as well. Brandon. Yeah, yeah, I I think Bailey should win this match um, for all the reasons that Aaron just said, and and I, I you know I do think that Sasha eventually needs to win, but I, I'm struggling with this going on and on and on and on and never having someone else interjected and and her winning you know like like i don't it, the timing is very bizarre for me um so i'm gonna say bailey should win what they will do i mean you could also toss her the belt and do something else next month um although we know what next month is so I, i'm saying bailey will too ba- bailey should and will aj um, I think Glenn made a good point when he said, like, you know, because it's the first match, you know, you would expect Sasha not to win so that you can stretch the feud out. But what I think they're going to do, actually, um, I think that uh, Sasha will win. Um, and I think that it would make sense because uh, you have them do the rematch of Survivor Series and the whole storyline is Sasha never can defend her title. And um, it's Survivor Series, so that is a big show for them to face each other on. I don't um, know if you know this, but it's the Survivor one time, Series. one time, all year, like <laughs> all year, when when. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, uh, but I'm gonna go with uh, Sasha will win, and I think Bailey should win. I think Bailey should win because I think that. Glenn was right when he said it does seem a little early for Sasha to win that the match. I mean, it has been a crazy build, and Aaron had made the great point about the fact that it's been the build the whole time, and then it really escalated right in time for Hell in a Cell, which is obviously convenient. But it's also, you know, I'm I think that Bailey will win. I mean, I think Bailey should win. I think Sasha will win. All right. Next on the list is the the WWE Championship match. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, also a Hell in a Cell match. Aaron. 
Oh boy. Um, so this is a couple factors playing in here. Um, I'm going, I mean, the should should be Randy Orton. It should have been Randy Orton for the past three months. So I'm, I'm going to put this out here as far as the will, you know, as, as I said, I thought that this should have been the, the end. If, if Randy Orton was winning this, you know, he should have won before and solidified it at Hell in a Cell, especially with Survivor Series coming up next. You add that to the weird ending of the show where you didn't have, you know, one person going over, which to me, if it was Randy Orton, you would have had Drew McIntyre clearly go, you know, stand tall at the end there. And I'm, I'm really thinking that, you know, you factor all of these things in. Plus, you, I think uh, Roman Drew is a little bit more compelling right now than Roman Randy. And I think that Drew McIntyre is going to win this match. Yeah, I mean... I think we're I think we're all well documented on here saying Randy Orton should be the champion uh, should have been at SummerSlam. Um, but, I, you know, now now that we're here, I'm at should I think they should keep it on Drew at this point, because I don't, I don't with Survivor Series being next. I don't think it makes any sense to give it to Randy Orton now. And uh, now that be, that being said, we don't know they're going to follow the same pattern of everything that they've done at Survivor Series the past three years it's all it's you know it, it'll be it, there's a chance it could be a different version of that um and and they could just treat Drew as a top face doing something even if he doesn't have the belt but I'm I'm t I also am hung up on the p possibility of the Drew Roman Reigns match so I'm gonna say should and will Drew McIntyre AJ um I think that it's weird because I feel like they both should win. I feel like you yeah. shouldn't have done yeah. this storyline and poke, uh, brought it out um, to this point to have Randy Orton lose Hell in a Cell. But then at the same time, um, do you have, you know, after you have Drew winning at Survivor Series with a backslide and he won at the ambulance match, it was, it was an ambulance match. Like, the real way to put him in his, in his pass would be to pin him one, two, three, and in the middle of the Hell in a Cell, so like they both should win. But I think that if I had to pick one or the other, I would say Randy Orton should win, but I think that the only reason that Randy hasn't won yet is because they're really trying to put put Drew over, and they should. I mean, he's had a hell of a title reign so far. I mean, uh, he's performed every single time he's went out there. He hasn't slacked any, any match as the champ, um, and so I, I got to give him his props. And I think that uh, he's going to win this and put Randy Orton in his uh, in his rearview mirror. Uh, it's a little redundant, but yeah, I mean, I it, look, I think it should be Randy Orton, and I I think it should be Randy Orton because Randy Orton, you know, is uh, to borrow a line from the game. He's been Raps MVP. Don't hate on him. He's don't hate on me. I'm Raps MVP. Uh, he's been the MVP. He's been the the guy. Now that being said. To everything you've already said, yeah. I mean, it's it's weird that we're here at this point. I, I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Like, are you doing this to revisit again and have Drew McIntyre go back over Randy Orton at WrestleMania? Like, I'd still listen to that. Um, I, I I don't know. It's a terrible idea, but I'm less convinced that it's happening. So I'm with you. It should be Randy I can Orton. I hear cars. Racing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all right. I'm still talking. I promise. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, I, I can't should should time. be Randy Orton. Will be Drew McIntyre. That's where I'm at. All right. Hold on. It's okay. It's my fault. Hold on. 
Uh, oh, it sounds great right now. There All right, we go. one more uh, Hell in a Cell match. This a Hell in a Cell I Quit match for the WWE Universal Championship. Roman Reigns versus Jay Uso. I can't believe I'm the one who has to pick this match. <laughs> Tough choice here. <laughs> Listen, we should and will we know uh, Roman Reigns. But I, I am very excited to see what kind of uh, theater we get out of this. I agree. Should and will Roman Reigns. Um, they told such a good story at the last show, man. It was just like, and 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 not only did they tell a good story in the match, but the story the story that they told in the match made this match and the stipulation make sense, which is something that is lost in wrestling sometimes these days. Um, and, and, so, and we're getting something else, by the way. They just tweeted out something about there being some stakes announced on SmackDown tomorrow. Yeah, so, like, whatever it is, um, I know that it should and will be Roman Reigns. But, like, bravo to these guys. This storyline has been great. I've been hearing you guys talk about this is leading to Rock at WrestleMania. I do not believe that to be the case. But, you know, I hope it is. Yeah, I mean, I I, I don't can know. You, can you just quickly tell us what you, like, if you don't think that's where this is going, like, wh- what do you think his match at WrestleMania should be? I think that Bray's going to win the Royal Rumble, and he's going to challenge. Um, Bray Wyatt? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, it, it's cut out. I couldn't. Yeah. Move, move to, uh, it, weird because you just moved him to Raw, but that doesn't matter at all, so. Um... I mean, I'd be fine with that. I just don't want the. I kind of don't want the story to go away. I, I, I mean this at this point. If you have Jey Uso, have, yeah, you're there. Hello, hello. Um, if you if you have Jey Uso, yeah. have to quit. So I, I did yeah. You, did you hear what I said? That you think it should be Bray. I, I think Bray is going to win the Royal Rumble, and I think that he's going to go back after his title that he never lost. Um, and I think that it makes all the sense in the world. So I'm actually more like the the scenario that we talked about hypothetically. If it's not The Rock, I actually am falling in love with the idea that if you have Jey Uso quit after this match on Sunday, that you somehow find a way to get him back by reinterjecting him into the title picture down the road as a babyface making a Kofi like run to the title. I love that. The more I think about it, and especially in the context. Of having it almost answers the thing that we talked about. Like, could you do this and make it go? Like, yeah. Now you're gonna make him quit. You could absolutely do the thing that we were talking about earlier and turn it into, you know, a Kofi Mania almost type of situation with Jey Uso down the road. Now it requires another bonkers match on Sunday night. This you need you need to leave people wanting more of it. I think that's what we're going to get on Sunday night. So I'm still in favor of that if it's not leading to the Rock. Ultimately. Yes, shouldn't will Roman Reigns. Clearly, you know, Roman Reigns is not dropping the belt right now. Roman Reigns is the hottest thing in the history of professional wrestling at the moment. That's not happening. Aaron. By the way, I'm glad that Glenn and Aaron and I have been on the Roman Reigns train the whole time. Everybody knows that. We've been huge Roman Reigns guys since day one. It's a real shame that someone else would always shit on Roman Reigns on this show and not give him the props that he deserves. But the three of us have been true Roman Reigns guys. That's impressive, the revisionist history. <laughs> First of all, it's not. But you can't. I, I do want to throw one thing out about this match. Hey, listen, the, listen. The, white people are really good at uh, revisionist history with oh, black people. Oh so. no, no. Mm. Very true. 
too real <laughs> too real uh as far as far as the stakes if, if we want to go full emotional here if we are coming back to jay uso down the road what if the stakes and remember this goes back to roman saying like these are the biggest stakes in the history of wrestling what if he's kicked out of the family? Like Roman says, I'm the tribal chief. You're being like excommunicated from the family. And that's part of the redemption story down the road. You bring in other parts of the family. who's like, you know, we want Jay back. We want him recognized, all that stuff. I'm, I think it's a way to do it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I mean, and again, I have no idea if that's what they're trying to do is get back to Jay Uso down the road. But I think they've presented themselves an opportunity that they could. And I do think they could almost artificially recreate some of the Kofi Kingston magic going towards WrestleMania. You have the opportunity to do it by giving, making us want more and then telling us we can't have more and then making us be angry that we can't have more and, and feel like we're forcing it to you when all along it was your plan to go right back to it anyway. Like this could, this is almost, you have the opportunity to do something very evil genius here. Um, and, and I don't know that that's what they're thinking, but it's an option. Uh, Aaron, I assume your picks are fairly obvious. Yes. Should will Roman. All right. Let's uh, fly through Halloween havoc while we're at it. Uh, next Wednesday night on NXT. Um, we of course, well, I, we'll begin with the ones we do know the stipulations for first, uh, just a straight up match. Rhea Ripley and Raquel Gonzalez, AJ. Are you there? Like AJ, yeah. So how do we get to change our picks once we see, hear the stipulation or what? Well, for this one, I don't. We're we're not keeping track anyways. We're just kind of talking. Yeah, yeah just dude, just well, right? Yep. Uh, I think that, I mean, Raquel Gonzalez should win because that would solidify her as the the other bit, the new big girl on the block in NXT. But I think Rhea Ripley's going to win because I think Rhea Ripley is the nightmare. I think that. Rhea Ripley um, is building back up for another run at the title, and what uh, what a better way to do it than to go through the biggest competition on the roster. One thing I'm confused about is the fact that there were no that NXT didn't end up being involved with the draft, um, and whether or not that's because there's a couple of call ups coming or call ups, you know, quote unquote coming. Um, in the coming weeks, and they just wanted to get through a couple of things, um, or or probably because they are really right now working with a bunch of call ups that just recently happened with retribution. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. That's fair. Okay, that's fair. That's a good point. Um, look, I th- I think Rhea Ripley will win the match. I think the question is who should win. Um, I hear your argument that like Raquel Gonzalez could use something to truly solidify herself. I- I'm not. You know what? I'm just going to go with You know what? You've convinced me on that. Raquel Gonzalez could use it. She should win, but I also think Rhea Ripley will win. So, I'm yeah, I'm with you that Raquel Gonzalez really could use it. And the the one thing that ha- makes me pause about who's going to win is Triple H on one of those post-show panels. Like, you know, they did a bit where it's like, all right, what NXT superstar is going to be the future main eventer of WrestleMania? And his response was Rhea Ripley. Um, makes me think that the fact that, you know, obviously they – uh, had him teed up for that and he had that answer makes me think that Rhea might be coming up very soon here and if that's the case then yeah you have you know on her way out you have her put over Raquel so I'm actually going to say Will uh, Raquel yeah I mean I agree with everything you said I, I think I think that Rhea Ripley I think there's a glaring hole for her on Raw or Smackdown and not necessarily here anymore to be honest um uh, you know, there's some other things going on with the women's division here, and we di- we just recently injected a couple of uh, main eventers into it. 
So I, I agree with that. I, I, I was watching NXT this week and for not the first time, but for the first time in an impactful way, I felt like Raquel Gonzalez is here. Like she needs to do something. Um, she looks like a beast and uh, she's in the best shape that she's been in the whole time. I mean, she looked amazing on Wednesday. I think, I think you got to do, I, I'm going to say she should win. And I really hope they, that they pull the trigger. Rhea Ripley's bulletproof at this point. I don't think that she's damaged at all for li- losing this match. So I would go Raquel should and will. All right. Uh, next on the list is a haunted house of terror match. Otherwise known as the main event of the show. Uh, Cameron, the great <laughs> to the moon Grimes time, baby. Taking on uh, Dexter Loomis. Um, look, uh, we all know who should win this match. If anybody says otherwise, I will fight you, um, except for AJ. Um, but the uh, the answer is that uh, Dexter Loomis is going to. You don't you don't set up a match like this to not have Dexter Loomis win it. Um, it should be the great Cameron Grimes, but of course it will be Dexter Loomis. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you have some sort of plans for Dexter, and as amazing as Cameron is, they seem to be not quite have the same plans for him. It's going to be Dexter. I'm going to say that uh, Dexter should win just because of everything you just said. No, he should not. Well, the story they're telling. No, 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 no. Cameron Grimes should win every match. No, 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 no. See, this is why Cameron Grimes is amazing, though. The story they're telling with him is he always wins the cheap shit stuff. By the way, in a way, he could win this match because of that. He never wins the straight-up matches. <laughs> he does not win those matches. And it's almost amazing how consistent they've been with this. He flies out of nowhere and attacks people from the side, and he'll get a win that way, or there's some other cheap way... And every time it's a real match, he does not win. Although he comes very close. I love both of these guys just because it is it is something that is so needed and different on this show to have these off-the-wall characters. Um, I'm excited to see the character work that is done in this match with the, you know, the chased and the chasey. I think it's going to be really fun. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I think... Dexter Loomis is obviously the guy that they want to push. So I think you have to have him win this. And that's how I'll put it. Because Cameron Grimes obviously should be pushed to the moon, baby. I agree with everything you said. Cameron Grimes to straight to the moon. I think he should win. I do think that uh, Dexter Lewis is going to win. Right, just the nature of the match. That's the way it goes. All right, and now the uh, two matches that we do not know the stipulations for, spin the wheel, make the deal. We'll begin with the women's championship match, Io Shirai, Candice LeRae, Aaron. Why are we doing that? Like, I keep coming back to that. It's like, why are we doing this match again? And no, I, see, I, This match is okay to do again. No, no, no. I, I'm saying these matches. Like, I'm, I'm putting them together. As like it's it's interesting that you're just running it back when there was no well they told real a story necessary the women's match yes there, there's got story. screwed out of the match yes there is absolutely more of a story here but you know it, it wasn't like oh my god we have to have this match it wasn't done in a way where it's completely ridiculous so I, I you know more and more I'm thinking 
you know, this is the time, especially if you don't know how long Finn Balor's out. You want, you know, we were talking about Gargano at the top of the card. You do it this way. Um, and I'm, I'm putting them kind of together where I think most likely it's either they both win or they both lose. So I'm going to say should and will Candice. I mean, you know how I've been saying this for months. Should and will Candice. <laughs> should and will Johnny. I'll just put that out uh, there. No, wait your turn. Aaron, or AJ, sorry. Uh, no, it was Brandon's turn, and he was right. I know. Uh, no, I'm saying he, he took his turn on the next match, too. Oh, uh, should and will Candice. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Should Candice. I think Eo's going to win. Um, uh, yeah, I just think that Eo Shirai is going to hold that title for, I think, until at least WrestleMania, if I had to guess. I have convinced myself of something interesting that can happen coming out of next Wednesday night. And with that in mind, should and will Candice LeRae now. Wow. Now we move on. Final match we're picking. Again, don't know the stipulation, but for the NXT North American Championship, Damian Priest and Johnny Gargano. Brandon, you've already said yours. Say it again. I mean, I'm going to say it's, I actually changed my mind. Should sh- I'm going to keep the shoulds at Candice and Johnny. I, I just, I'm not so convinced. They're gonna, I, I've been saying for the last two times that they should put the belts on these two. And I don't know why they're not. And I, the kind of pay-per-view it is, is not really the kind of pay-per-view where you do. I don't, I mean, it's not even a pay-per-view. It's a, a, a an event. Uh, so I'm, I'm st- sticking with my shoulds, but I, I think Damian Priest and EO are going to win just because they, they want the, these two to be the champions for whatever reason, but um, I hate that I'm saying that. AJ? Uh, they want them to be the champions because they're both fantastic. They are quite uh, good. Well, everybody's fantastic. Yes. Uh, uh, but I'm going to go with, uh, I think that, honestly, I think Johnny Gargano should win. I think that he's been so good in this new role that him and Candice have been playing, but I think that... Um, that Damian Priest is going to win. And I don't think Damian Priest is going to lose that title for a very long time either. Well, as I said, I decided there's something interesting that can happen. So as I said, uh, should and will Candice LeRae and should and will Damian Priest. I think that sets up a really interesting storyline for a little while of Candice getting the job done and Johnny not. You mean the, the thing that I done. said was going to happen at the last pay-per-view. I think it sets it up very interestingly. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it would have been a good Great idea. original thought, Glenn. It's like yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, man, I didn't say it was an original thought. I just said it was interesting afterwards. <laughs> Go ahead, uh, Aaron. You know, the, the only problem with that, and it's not even a problem, it just would lead to, down an interesting path, is that the natural path there is that Johnny gets so jealous that it, you know, by default it turns Candace's face. That's yes, the, <laughs> you've you've uh, you've identified I know, well, it. Well, I'm just saying I don't know if they want to do that. That's my, you know, and I don't know if I want them to do that. I'm I'm enjoying this Candace character right now, and I think you have a lot more to gain right now, considering who just joined the roster with her as a heel champion than her as a face champion. And Eo's kind of a like neither. You know what I mean? So it's like what I would say is I think that there's time before you have to do that. I think well, there's sure. I think yeah. that you've got time that they just them interacting and the awkwardness can play out for some time before it would have to become Candace turning face because of Johnny's jealousy. But by, by um, the way, we have to note that the line of the fucking year maybe 
on NXT from Johnny Gargano. Listen, you know I hate wheels. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was the best of those segments that they've done so far. Yeah, that that, that whole segment was, <laughs> the wheel wants to kill me. Yeah, it was so good. Like, he's finally really sinking into this. And, like, because I think initially he wasn't playing it annoying enough. Like, now he's more of, like, the whiny. It's, it's like he's leaning into that, like, Sammy Zayn-ness of the character, you know? And it's so much better that way than the brooding, like, angry version. Uh, Aaron, did you make your picks? Uh, I didn't, and I'm, I'm just... I, I, I don't hate your idea. I just feel like there might be a way to do it. I, I kind of want to... Of course, as Johnny you know, it was my original idea. Yes, your exactly original right. idea. Johnny yeah. needs to win a match. Even if he loses it at uh, War Games or whatever, loses it back, he needs a big win. Otherwise, he's just kind of spinning his wheels a little bit, and, you know, the whiny thing is fine, but the whiny thing is better if you won and then lost. Mm. So I'm going to say should and will win. All right, very good. Uh, AJ, anything else you'd like to, uh, to leave us with? I uh, love you guys. Thanks for having me again. Um, I cannot wait to be able to share with everybody else what you guys already know. It'd be really nice if we could start talking about it. It'd just be really nice. Hey, uh, you, know, you know, the world waits for those that matter. You I say, hear so. you. I hear you. All right, at AJ. So, uh, appreciate you, bro. At AJ Francis 410 on all social medias. Uh, signing off, he is... The main event. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Love you, bud. There he is. Love uh, you guys. Love you, buddy. The main event, AJ Francis, Peace. checking in with us uh, this week to help us make our picks. Appreciate him doing that. All right, boys. Uh, let's talk about some of the other stuff from this past week. Um, I, I, Brandon, I saw you tweet out something about a, a take that you you wanna you wanna turn into the the Brandon Bayless or something here. What uh, what's what's the bug up your ass? I had a feeling watching Raw Monday that something has happened, whether on purpose or accident. I'm starting to lean on on purpose, but I don't also don't want to give them this much credit that I think you've got a top baby face new addition to the women's division here and it's lana and i think you need to do something with this and i'm i'm starting to think that somebody in that room if we're giving them credit you know if they wanted to do something with her as a face and they were worried about everyone shitting on it for the reasons that everyone would shit on lana that they used the miro thing against like the smart people on like, like they were smart enough to say they're going to come to her defense because they're going to think we're doing this because of Miro in essence, turning them against what they would have thought. You know what I mean? So they're ignoring, like they got, they, they took the sympathy the real way instead of kayfabe. And in, in, in like, look at Twitter. Like if you, if you go to Twitter Nobody's saying anything negative about law. They're all like, I hope right. she's another chance at the title. You know, I think I'm not saying that you can run with her as the champion. I don't know if I'm there, but you got to do something like she's got to be on TV. I think maybe you give them the tag titles or something. But man, what they did worked. 
and people cared and people wanted to see her again. And I thought it was if you, even if it was a happy accident, it's if you if you reverse book it, it's pretty freaking smart. Uh, to, if someone would have thought of that in advance, I was gonna say I I give the I don't see them doing that. That would be so. Well, you don't think maybe even do? after the the second time they did it that they realized the reaction and then decided to that that it was working. No, I mean even, I. I, I would say it's a happy accident, maybe by the fourth or fifth time, but I definitely this don't think that... This was the fifth time this week. Okay, so the fourth time. Maybe this fourth time was the time they realized it. No, but, but no, that's, I think, that's I think when they gave it, her the match, that's though. The that's, so it had to be the third time, at, well, at un- minimum. Unless they... I just think that's way, giving them way too much credit based on what we know. I think it's far more likely that Vince found it funny. But I will say this. If Edge is in the room, which is what we're hearing on Raw... If you ever listen to the Edge and Christian podcast, they used to rebook the shows. Like whenever they weren't on the roster, they used to recap. They, like their podcast used to be what not a lot of um, people of that you know of that nature podcasts are. They used to actually review the product and say what they would have done differently and stuff like that. This is exactly the way that the, they would like. That's the kind of stuff they would pitch all the time. Is like use this. You know, use the fact that someone's married to someone else that you know, just like the psychology type stuff. So, I, w- I mean, whatever, maybe not. I mean, Edge like, is the first person in the room to know wrestling psychology. Well, no, no, no. But this is like a little bit meta, right? Like this is a little bit more. Well, but again, Paul Heyman had been in that room for a year or two. King of meta. Sure. sure. Maybe. So, so I I think well, he's king it, of pushing the is, people he thinks are good. I don't know if he's good at it, that. If it, if it is. Great. I just I, I can't give them that sort of credit because they've never shown that ability in the past. Look, I I think it's um. Here's what I'd say, Brandon. I think there's something to be said for they. Sh- you know this uh, sh- should they will they right? Um, yeah. I I think that that you're not off that they've created something they could tap into. Uh, to Aaron's point, do I think it was done? purposefully I'd probably bet against that and I'm still not certain that they will do anything with it um but I absolutely think there is something that they've you know created a sympathetic figure in Lana I just don't know if Lana's good in that role um and, and part of the but, but but what's kind of amazing though is she's not at all someone that you would have thought they could have done that with right like she's who she is Anybody who's watched Total Divas, she looks like what she looks like, and she can't really wrestle great. She's doing a lot better, by the way. That match was fine. I, I, I actually was pretty impressed with some of the stuff they did in that match, just for the fact that she was getting fucking murdered in the face and uh, gave a couple shots back to Asuka. I mean, it was a short match, but I actually thought it was pretty good. Um, I don't know. Here's... here's- I, I, Here's my question. As a face, how do you book Lana to win the title? Because you can't do the normal underdog thing, because I, I don't think she can do that. Well, you use Nia and Shayna. I mean, I think that's that's what they've started so, doing. So, like, you, you make it a multi-person match where Nia and Shayna do the work, and, and she just kind of slides in, and you know, like the Mikey Whipwreck role? Probably. I mean, it's probably that's sort of what they're doing. I mean, that's sort of what they did. That's how she won the Battle Royal, right? She yeah, got murdered you, through a table, and then everybody else did all the work, and she eliminated Natalia. Which, by the way, uh, I had forgotten that that's who she eliminated last week when we were talking about whether she should have a, you know, someone back in her corner or whatever. Um, but anyway, I, I don't know. I think you could make a case for 
now Natalia, you know, playing a res- doing a respect, uh, some kind of respect segment and putting them into the tag picture. Um, I don't know. I, I just thought it was fascinating that not one, I didn't see any negative comments at all about any of this Lana stuff. And I personally liked it. I said last week, but I was a little surprised that like the wrestling world liked it too. I mean, I, it's, it's interesting. I, I'm not going to bet on it growing, going anywhere until I see it going somewhere. You know what I mean? And, and like, no, I, I have no confidence. I'm yeah, just saying, I think they should. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought the 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 funniest part of of Raw on Monday was <laughs> well I don't know if I don't know if it's gonna be what you expected to be I remember Aaron a couple weeks ago when we were talking about how funny it would be that they would just end Raw Underground and then act like it never happened <laughs> Is there anything more like that screams at you That's exactly what this is. Them, them trying to pretend like we hadn't seen yeah. Jordan Magbahane before. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, it's this. It's almost alarming, right? Like I almost couldn't believe. I, I think in part because we had predicted it. I can't believe that they're actually like. It's not just that you're ending something. It's that you're setting fire to it in the process. Who is this guy? Oh like, my God. we've who never, is who is but this? at the same time, it's probably the best thing they could do. I'm, I don't disagree with that. But again, this is what makes it weird. Raw Underground wasn't offensive. Like, it, as I said it for every week, it was just a thing that existed that had no purpose and no point and was going nowhere. But. So why should its ending have any point? I, and and there's something to be said for that, but there's so many more things that I wish they would do that to, than than Raw Under like Raw Underground. I I think Raw Underground could just go away, and you could like almost you, you could just I, would it have been any different if on Monday night they would have said, oh, and we've seen Jordan Magbahine before, like we've seen this character before, we saw him you know working with Shane McMahon a little. Why did they feel the need? to bury Raw Underground on Monday night by pretending as though it never existed. Just straight gaslighting us. I, that's the, I just, I sort of don't understand that. It's one thing if it's something that's such a spectacular failure and disaster. And again, Raw Underground wasn't good. It was just nothing. It was a nothing thing that existed and apparently got good ratings when they would do it, despite the fact that yeah. it was nothing. I'm, I'm confused by why they would attempt this. And it's a little bit confusing in particular because, again, like they had just referenced it the week before with Dabakato. I'll give you one reason why I'm really glad they just did it this way. Because what if... I mean, there could have been a million terrible alternatives that if they tried to... Well, I'm like, not... None, none of this is a scenario in which I think they should have gone back to Raw Underground. Like, I'm not... No, no, no. I'm saying, like, if he comes out and says, like, yeah, like, Shane McMahon gave me this guy or, you know, or, like... I, again, I'm not you know, looking they, for that. But the, to go out of your way to pretend like we've never seen this person before. Right. That That's a really I mean, strange... You can clean it up next week just by saying... He's a hired gun, as you as you've seen Shane McMahon, you know, or whatever. He was hired for Raw Underground. Sure, they now. could, but that's what How makes AJ met him or something. Like it, you know? Brandon, what makes it so strange is like they they had to purposely decide not to do that this week. Right. They had to purposely decide 
do not reference the fact that this was Shane McMahon's doorman. Do not do that. Do not say anything. Do not, it, as if it never existed. Well, I mean, he did such a bad job at keeping people out. Maybe they didn't. Oh, they're just, they're afraid it. it's going to, it's a weird bit to me, man. It's just a really weird <laughs> bit that I like screamed at me as that segment was going on. Like, you guys are really trying to pretend like we've never seen this fucker before. <laughs> like, By the way, they put his name on the screen, but they still were like, who is he? Right. His name was on the screen. Who is the who is this gentleman? Who is this masked man? Could be Speaking anyone. Speaking of masked men. Oh yeah, let's talk about that. Oh, wait. Oh, why? Why what's the well, No, no, nothing bad about it. I, I, I did enjoy say. how they they made it very clear. Look, this is the la- you know, the last raw people can go in between places, but we have to hide Otis for some reason. I mean, I whatever. <laughs> like I <laughs> It, that one's, oh, but otherwise, it was wonderful. Yeah, that one's so silly, I can't be bothered yeah, by it. Yeah, like, I liked it. I can't. Uh, no, I was talking about the other masked men. Well, we'll get there. Settle down. We'll get there. We're not. We're, we, stay on Raw and SmackDown, then we'll get the NXT. No, I'm talking oh, about no. Raw. He's, he's talking about Retribution. Oh, Retribution. Oh, okay. They have masks. They do. The they do. For that matter. Yeah, but they're not hiding who their identity is. They're telling us what their identity yeah. is. No, well, you just said masked men. Listen. I don't understand how you can put this these guys opposed to arguably the biggest character on the roster and the biggest faction on the roster and have them tap out in a loss and then cut a promo about how they're going to attack everybody or whatever. Like, I don't give a shit about you anymore. If you lose, like, you lose a match clean by tapping out and then later in the show, I'm supposed to believe your promo about how you're going to uh, destroy everything. Like, well, I, well, come on. They, they didn't say they were going to destroy everything physically. They obviously can't do that. They can only go back to the hacker's uh, great ability right. to ruin Dolph Ziggler's life and only Dolph Ziggler's life. <laughs> yeah, specifically. <laughs> like, specifically they, Dolph Ziggler. Why did they introduce the hacker thing? Like, are they going to start hacking into the Firefly Funhouse or something? Like... What I'm just so confused by I, all. This. I, okay, I think that I th- I do think this is an uh, a paralysis by analysis situation. I, we I we talked about this a few weeks ago. We know what retribution is. It's a it's a biker gang Halloween gimmick to get you through Survivor Series. They 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 don't think retribution is something. By the but, way, I don't think they're getting through Survivor Series anymore because if they if that's the plan and and it's going to be Retribution versus Raw Super Friends, you just ruined that because they lost to the Hurt Business cleanly. And yeah, to some yeah. Ex- to some extent, but I disagree. Like that next week they can get over on them somehow. They can take out their like they, they, you know. Trust me, it's well, damn. Why did you have them tap out? Like, I, d- I just don't understand why I, they did that. I don't disagree with you, but I think that you're again the easy the the most obvious answer. Sometimes it's just the answer. It's because they don't give a shit about Retribution. Like that, they're not building up retribution for something. Retribution. Then, like, personally, I'm offended because of who tapped out. That's the other part. I don't even remember who it was. Was it? It was T-Bar. It was, and that's and that's Dijakovic. Yes. I, I like to tap out please. Shane Thorne or whatever. Like, who cares? Like, he's been jobbing forever. But like, but it's not Dijakovic. Guys... It's T-Bar. And that's why it might not matter. Honestly, it might not matter. Right. Like, like if 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 in four months he's Donovan Donovan Dijakovic again, I don't think it's going to matter that he tapped out in this match because it wasn't really him or whatever. By the um, way, I had a brief second of panic where I thought they were going to have the Fiend leading them. Like there was a. There was a second there where they were all standing there, and I thought like he was gonna do something to like Put all direct the them or something. Together. <laughs> yeah, I like. 
hey, he wears a mask. They all wear a mask. God damn it. Like, I, I don't know. Um, this isn't going to be like Bray Wyatt in the Hurt Business on a team, is it? I mean, why wouldn't Better it be? Not be? I don't understand. I kind of love that. Why? Why wouldn't? Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of. I mean, great, in fairness, right? we thought it was going to be. I mean, why? Why is the Fiend teaming with anybody? It's. I mean, I. <laughs> because it's Survivor Series. It's the one time a year where the Fiend teams with the Hurt Business. That's. Haven't you read the promos? It's in all the papers. It's a big deal. I, I look, man. I just. I. 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 I hear you. It's stupid, but. The existence of retribution is stupid. I just think we need to kind of acknowledge that. Um, is is it dumb? Yeah, it's dumb. But what what are we offended? We didn't like retribution, and now we're offended that we had them. They had them lose. Well, we didn't like them to begin with. So why are we angry? I don't know. I don't know. I think they're screaming at you what it is, and sometimes we just need to accept that. Like they're telling you. I will say it was it, okay. That's it fine, but then you can't. I was going to say, you can't put them in a Survivor Series match if we're not supposed to care about them. Yeah, it, it was definitely why more are we interesting supposed to... with the Fiend involved. Hang I'll on, say that. Hang like, on, Aaron. Least... Aaron, why why not? Survivor Series is the place where nothing matters. <laughs> right. I don't understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> like, it's the perfect they, place. But for they, the... here's the thing. They act like it matters. If you're going to say, but y- if you're going to scream at us, retribution doesn't matter, you can't then turn around and say, I, I, but I, I strongly disagree with you. As much as we hate it, they no, pretend I, that Raw vs. SmackDown matters. Right, but they don't. <laughs> like, that's the thing. All they're telling you is it's Raw vs. SmackDown. They're not telling you that it matters. At no point do they do. They don't make an attempt to tell you that it matters. I, I actually kind of disagree with you on this one. I think that they want Survivor Series to be a thing because it's been a thing in the past. Like, I I think that in their, their hearts, they, want, they do want you to care about Survivor Series, but... This completely lines up. Like, Survivor Series doesn't matter. They never attempted to get you to believe that it matters. Um, something that doesn't matter is involved with Survivor Series, which is an event that doesn't matter. I, I, I can do this math. This all checks out to me. This is exactly what Survivor Series is supposed to be. And then we get on with it. Now, like, I, I'm still worried about whether or not they truly have plans for any of these people down the road like i'm terrified about whether or not there's actually a plan for donovan dijakovic or not but i was terrified of that before he was t-bar so i'm in no different a place like i feel no nothing different today because they lost and again i i wouldn't do it i i don't that seems unnecessary but i can't be bothered by it because nothing has changed thing that didn't matter before doesn't matter today what what's the offensive part of that You know what? We, again, if if we're going back to the nothing matters, so who cares? Okay. Well, specifically with retribution, tell me what's supposed to matter. No, no, no. I understand well, that. I just, I just don't I understand just why you're like... spending all this time with with them if they're just if they're gonna lose. But then we're gonna get another promo about how we should care that they're gonna kill everybody. Like, shouldn't they just win the match? Because they, like, don't, I don't think anybody's hurt by them winning the match. I don't disagree that they could have had them win. Like, I if I would if I had to bet money. Right now, by the way, this goes back to the dark order. Thing. Actually, I'm gonna really let me really think about this. That could come out and get the shit out of the hurt business. In real talk, are you more bothered by the idea of retribution like losing a match than you would be by the hurt business losing? 
Yes. But that does, I don't get that. Because like, the Hurt Business is established. Right, but that's the point. The Hurt Business matters. And there's the, yeah, the, but there's the obvious, you've got Shelton Benjamin who can take a pin or what, like, like you obviously you pin the guy who you expect to get pinned and I think it's fine. Like there's nothing wrong. It's just, it's. But I, this is the confusing part. Nobody, How can this, these guys be threatening at all if they've never won a match? They're not. They've literally never won a match. Correct. They're not threatening. Like, but that's a problem. Shouldn't they be threatening? In the context of why are we doing this, sure, it's a problem. In the context of we know what we really do. We know why they're doing it. Because one week Vince McMahon walked in and said the ratings suck. We need to do some shit. And so he said we're doing it. And now they're stuck with it. They don't have a choice. But either they can go all in and hurt the Hurt Business, who are good, who we like, who have done good work in the process. against the Hurt Business. And it doesn't hurt them if they cheat and pin Shelton Benjamin. That does not hurt the Hurt Business. I'm telling you, I have more hope for the Hurt Business being a thing in January than for Retribution being a thing. So if you're telling me I've got to choose one between the Hurt Business and Retribution, I'm going to choose the Hurt Business. Because I'm fine with Retribution just going away. They have to win every match. Like, that. That taking that argument is saying that the one that you expect to be around forever should always win every match. Right, so are you saying that Retribution should win everything they do before they disappear? No, I think they should win something. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't care if Retribution ever wins, but my guess is they're going to do... So- if they have a plan for them at Survivor Series, and I still don't even know for sure that they do, but if they do, I'm going to guess they're going to win something between now and then. I'm going to guess that's going to be the case. I don't think it's just going to be they keep getting their asses kicked week in and week out and then just go away. But by the way, it might. What I was going to say, I, I don't sure. have nearly as much confidence like it, as you. It, I think they're going to be you know, chaotic. They're not going to care about wins. And it's very possible that they do not win a match and between now and, and Survivor and that's, and They shouldn't lose either. Shouldn't they have 18 guys run in and... I mean, I just, it just doesn't, I, I would care if I'm I I'm trying can. to make sense of something that doesn't make any right. sense. Right, and, I, and I, I guess what I'm going back to is like, again, this is weird. This is not offensive to me. No one no, likes not, retribution. Yeah. We shouldn't be angry that retribution is losing. We don't like them. Like, we, we're, we want to build up retribution for what purpose? Because we want them to be around longer? We just, we... We're mocking them. We're we're trying because, to have it both ways. We want to have pay per view matches matter. And if you're saying that one of the prim, you know one of the highlighted Survivor Series, I'm not saying one of the highlighted Survivor Series, Series matches. I ain't saying that. I'm saying you can do a match with them at Survivor Series and be done with it. If you, it's a Survivor Series match, it's by default highlighted. You have like, you have been handed a problem. Vince McMahon needed to do or thought he needed to do something. What he what what you got out of it sucks. So either you can invest in something that sucks and no one likes, or you can just kind of make it go away over the course of the next six weeks. I'm fine with just making it go away. I'm fine with that. It doesn't bother me one bit. I can't be offended by them losing in the process. Like, by all means, lose. Make us not want to have you around because we don't want to have you around. We I, Get on with it. If they win... And and they win a couple of times. Does that not leave you the fear that like they're going longer with retribution? I mean, if we're look, if you tell me that they're gone next week and we just raw underground them, great. Oh, 100% that would great. be even better. I mean, you're like, not I, wrong I, about I, that. Generally, before that promo, I thought that might be what we're doing. That would me be too. Because, even because not I only did the they lose, was killing them, right? Yeah, not only did they lose, they got killed after. And before the promo, I was like, oh my god, they just ended it. I, I think that's my biggest problem with it all. Was like I thought that we kind of. Like, you're telling us one thing with what you did at the beginning of the show. 
then you're telling us something else with the promo. Oh, I is it? I think it, like here's what I would give. I think it's still possible that they think that they have a plan for Mustafa Ali at some point, and like that's more what the pro like the promo is more about Mustafa Ali and and trying to figure out a way for him to be relevant than it being about he lost too. I I under <laughs> while I understand he didn't that tap out, but he was part right. Of the I team. understand that, but then you turn around and have him be involved in this moment at the end of the show where you know he unveil or later sure. in the show where he unveils that he's the hacker. I. Mustafa Ali is the only one that actually exists as himself at the moment. So he's the only one that has any skin in the game. Again, T-Bar isn't T-Bar. Like, that can just go away and as if it never happened. But Mustafa Ali can't. This is his identity. He's Mustafa Ali. So in in saying let's raw underground it, you can't really do that to Mustafa Ali. Well, you don't want to, but at the same time, Mustafa Ali hasn't done anything in over a year. But you could have raw. You could have easily raw undergrounded it before Ali came in. Yes. Now that he's part of it, you kind of have to go somewhere. Whether again, I should. I don't know. Like, I don't think in their minds and in Vince McMahon's mind, uh, Mustafa Ali is the deal breaker. I don't know that it's the deal breaker, but I do think that you should do some work to make sure that you can get him back out of there. Like, let's let's well, make I agree because let's it's make, great. Yes, let's make sure we do that. Um, anything from SmackDown or Raw that we need? Yeah, um, in, in all of the things when we were, you know, especially me was ranting about the Iconics breaking up, we, we threw out all these different possibilities yeah. of what could happen. Did not expect Peyton turning into a different tag team to be on the list. Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know what else to say. It's frustrating because in a bubble, I kind of enjoyed the dynamic there, but... It's if you're gonna have her in a tag team, have her be in a tag team with Billy. I I don't disagree. I have nothing else to add. <laughs> like I I'm with you. I'm with you on that. Um, I uh, I liked a little tease with Alexa and the Firefly Fun Funhouse, where they had the doll of her like straight out fiend like fiend makeup. So I I'd like to see that at some point. Uh, Did you see the doll they had in the segment? I, I didn't. I missed the doll. There's a doll in the Firefly Funhouse that looks like Alexa Bliss as, like, the fiend. Like, with the full makeup mask or makeup or whatever. Um, so I'm hoping that's a teaser that we get, like, a fiend version of her. Okay. That could mm-hmm. that could be kind of cool. I mean, it could or, be. like, not necessarily a mask, oh. but, like, maybe more like Harley Quinn, like how she eventually had the full makeup. Yeah, I'm a little concerned if they go that far that they wouldn't do it right, but that's just me being concerned about WWE getting something like that right. Um, in theory, it should work. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. All right. Um, and I and and Lars had a match on SmackDown. So moving on. Yeah. One, uh, one more thing, SmackDown wise. Um, do we make anything of Goldberg being and them pointing out Goldberg in the audience, or was it just we had a lot of legends in the crowd and that's one of them? Yeah, I, I'm I'm inc- partially because I want to, but I'm inclined to buy into the idea of they were trying to sell this as a big show. It's the season premiere, the whole deal. I'm I'm willing to believe that that's all that is. Now, what I'm well here's yeah sorry go yes ahead. what I'm nervous as fuck about is that what was the WrestleMania match supposed to be a year ago? Yep. I'm of course That's what I'm nervous I'm of about. course nervous about that. A hundred percent. I'm apprehensive about that. But I'm go I'm not gonna choose to react to that until I have real reason to react to it versus Goldberg just hanging out on a night where they were trying to get attention. Like 
Well, he also tweeted, "I'm very interested in the winner of and, the yeah, and 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 I get that, but I, in, this is also part of what you're saying. Right? Here's the part that is gonna have me um, pouring a bunch of salt on all of your optimism. Goldberg has two matches in his contract in 2021 and two matches in his contract in 2022. So he's—I mean, my my guess is they're supposed to be Saudi Arabia. I was match. going to say, and if it's a Saudi Arabia match, fine. But a contract is a contract, so if they can't do Saudi Arabia matches, then it's going to be doing other matches. <laughs> and and honestly, at this point, just because it would be the least, like I just hope it's at the Rumble. You, you have it be that match that typically doesn't matter. Just do it at the Rumble. Yeah, I think his quote, like, he, he, this came out of his mouth, by the way, in an interview. And I think his exact quote was like, you know, they use my matches really early on in, uh, this year, but I've got two for next year and two for 2022. So, um, you're getting Goldberg at WrestleMania. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know if it's in that role, but. I would be kind of surprised. I mean, all the reports are that Vince wants John Cena and who was the other um, part-time? Was it Undertaker? I think it was Undertaker. Like, th that's like full on out there that they are being summoned for WrestleMania 37. So, I mean, it's not crazy to say that they'd throw Goldberg on there too. Of course it's not crazy. Nobody's saying. Like, that's there's no doubt. I no, just Nothing's crazy about Goldberg I, wrestling. Right I, I'm, I'm trying to choose to not... I just don't want to do it today. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah no, let's not do it today. We're gonna have plenty of time. I just kind of don't want to do it today. <laughs> That's all. Like, I'm just gonna not choose to lose my mind today. I haven't lost my mind yet once in this program. And after some of the feedback I got about last show, by the way, more. I actually felt bad after last week's show. Like, I legitimately had a moment where I'm like, that. Why did I let myself go there? You know, like, why did I allow that? And then everybody who saw the feedback was very positive, so I appreciate that. But. I, I I think that I just I, I I I'm angry at myself. I'm not angry at them. I'm angry at myself. I want to stop watching. It's the whole deal. Now, so let's get you angry again. Pat McAfee's on NXT. Okay, so this is you guys are gonna be surprised by this. I'm not angry. I'm not. Today, today I'm not angry. I reserve the right to be angry in the future. <laughs> I'm not angry today, based on the last time we heard you rant, because, which was by the way after the match. Because this. Is he still didn't rant that much after the match. His rant no, was about... I just said it wasn't very good, and you have no interest in Pat McAfee coming back. No, I in, in that capacity, a hundred percent. And what I and no, he, his main rant was when right. they tried to do the the stupid shit with Adam Cole, pretending like he was, you know, on Pat McAfee's show in real life. Yeah, and, I mean that was no, insane. He, he was he ranted pretty consistently set till. Well, no, my my but my my deal. rant was about having. Adam Cole work a match with Pat McAfee yes. at a takeover. It's unforgivable. So, takeover as a Adam brand. Cole is going to work a Pat match with Pat and, McAfee and, and a takeover. And when we Although, get I'll, I'll it, and, and I'll give you one worse. I think I know what this is. Yes. That, you know, again, I can't believe I'm going to say this. Not as offensive. It's not. It's not, it's not as offensive. It yeah. It's not nearly as offensive. It's not even in the ballpark of as offensive. They gave and SummerSlam weekend Adam Cole's one-on-one -on -one takeover match was with a non-professional wrestler. Doing his first match ever. Correct. Well, not really, but you know what I mean. Right. I'm not telling you that I love it. I'm telling you that in comparison, 
This isn't even close. This is way more logical. Like, there's reason all you had before was this guy who does a, a podcast is a dick. And you built a takeover match out of this. Now, you have someone who's genuinely screwed your faction in a physical way. This actually is logical storytelling with a performer. Now, I'm not telling you that I'm excited about Pat McAfee. I'm not. I'm, not, I'm just not there. He's not at the level of everybody else. But considering Lurkin and Birch are great, I'm not, I can't be as offended by this. And in a way, I'm not telling you that I, li- I don't like it. It's any world in which you're prioritizing Pat McAfee over your own storytelling is so fucking stupid. I, I can't put it into words. It's someone who's obsessed with the niche world where Pat McAfee matters and thinking that's the real world. Like, in th- because he matters a lot in this very, like, narrow space, we're telling you that means he matters a lot. Like, there's way more people in the world that Pat McAfee just doesn't matter at all to. That He's not a thing. He registers in no way than there are people in the world that really care about Pat McAfee. But the people that do, really do. The- well, and here's, here's where I'll add to that. The people that do, really do, and they're people that would be likely to tune into something like I this. I don't think I agree with you on that. I, I oh, still I think... Oh, I do. Based, I- on, based on the people who I know are big Pat McAfee fans, they're all people who used to watch wrestling and don't anymore. There might be an argument for that, but I don't think you're getting them back, is is what I would say. We I think, might, they're, I th- I think they'll show. watch it for him, though. Maybe for a show, but that, I don't 100%, think that... 100%. I will guarantee you, these three people that I'm talking about will do... Will, they will spend money on things. Like, they, they'll buy his fucking shirts and shit. That, like, and, and that's all well and good. And again, they might they might for a show. Like, I'm not saying... They might. They I think there's a small amount of people that you might get an uptick on by doing this, I the notion that that's making them professional wrestling fans again, and that well, they're it's watching always silly. Like it's always silly. The, the the notion that Mike Tyson is turning a bunch of people into professional wrestling course, fans is silly. It's insane. But th- there's a yeah. big difference between Mike Tyson showing up one time and then disappearing, and and insisting sure, on keeping a lot, lot more bigger deal. Yeah. In, insisting on Pat McAfee being the focal port of a storyline like that. There's there's two different things there. Um, I, Pat McAfee is what he is. I. I don't like I, I don't dislike Pat McAfee and I think this is the danger of this. I don't I I'm I'm mostly nothing him, right? Like before any of this, if I felt anything about him, it was like, ah, that guy's you know, he's okay. Now the more I see him, the more I realize he's kind of all bullshit. Like he's sort of doing the bit that that unfortunately this is 2020 on the internet where you're just never real. Like it, it's it's you've gone it's a full circle thing, right? Um we didn't like uh, stoic people on the that did like um, uh, sports broadcasting because they never had any personality. So the market correction is now we have a bunch of people that think they they constantly have to do shtick and constantly have to just be personalities, and there's no in between on them. And so I don't really like Pat McAfee. Like I used to like him more when it was like occasionally he'd be entertaining, and then sometimes he'd just talk about football. Now he just sort of feels the need to like be that guy all the time and exist in that world. And there's the, you know that that's that's sort of the barstool brand a little bit, if you will, is constantly douche dick. And there's something very professional wrestling about that. But like, I I don't need 
24 hours of professional wrestling a day. Um, two is more than enough. I'm not a Pat McAfee fan, but I don't dislike him either. I'm mostly... I feel nothing about it. He's he's a human that exists. I feel as much about him as I do Jay Feely. Why would I feel anything else? This makes me dislike him in a way. Like, to an extent, it makes me dislike him because I don't need you infiltrating this thing that I enjoy. On the flip side, if you're going to do it, at least do it this way, not the way you did it before. At least he yeah. can be... And afterthought in the process, although he won't be, I understand that. In the build, he'll, this will entirely be about him. I get that. But at least when you get there, you're not relying on Pat McAfee in order to make this thing work. There's five other people involved that can do bonkers work, so we don't have to sit around and pretend like Pat McAfee is so great. If they don't put him in the match, I, I'm I'm. Well, that I'm not would so be sure. I'm not all the way on board as him as a mouthpiece for those two. Sure. For two people that really would would need it, you know. Um, but uh, you but know, putting him in the match. Yeah. Yes. There's and, there's no doubt. And as long as they murder him in a death spot, I'm cool with it. Here's here's my one question about that that had me thinking a little bit. It it might be completely off base, but with we you know the people we know who are supposed to be in it, meaning uh you know. Uh, Lorcan and Birch and Ridge Holland. Is there any chance the fourth was supposed to be Finn Balor and get the European Union going? I mean, maybe, but it I, that seems odd because it's definitely seemed like they've been pointing Finn Balor more towards being a face for a little while. Like, no, I think this Pat McAfee thing is the plan. I mean, it's it was interesting that it would have been three Europeans and Pat McAfee. I mean, not, I, not wrong. Just, just an interesting. I, I think, I isn't think, I think. Swerve isn't this the swerve though that we're looking for? Like they're gonna pretend, like they're gonna make it look like he hired Ridge Holland, and then oh, you're gonna Ridge find Holland out was he, never actually part of it. He was no, something no, no, else. I'm, no, I'm saying he will be because he's diametrically opposed or whatever. He's opposed to the undisputed era, but then like something's gonna be said like. It's going to come out that it's going to look they're going to do everything without saying it to make it look like Pat McAfee was the one who hired him to beat up Adam Cole. And eventually it's going to swerve to be that he did it and it's going to be whoever, whichever member of the Undisputed Era that it's going to be. You, you can definitely do that now if you wanted. Yes. And and I'm, I'm not so sure that wasn't what they were going to do, because if he can, if Rich Holland, if Rich Holland can make the match, then that part of it he hasn't changed. Can't. I mean, I'm pretty well, sure. I thought he's you just out. said like, he's in the match. No, no, no. I, I think he was supposed to be. Like, like in my mind, it was supposed to be Lorkin, Birch, Holland, and somebody else. I think oh. it's more likely that Holland was the puzzle piece. Like that they they knew that they they were going to do this with Lorkin, Birch, and Pat McAfee, and they were trying to figure out who could be a fourth. And they sort of had Ridge Holland sitting well, around and, and said, "Let and, him go but be that's the my fourth." Point is, is Holland was was the pl- as of when Holland made that attack, the plan was McAfee. Birch oh, I, I, that's my thought. My thought was, my thought would be that's the, 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 this doing this is unfortunately mostly about Pat McAfee, not really about anything else. Um, I, I, I just, I think that's the way that they operate. Um, otherwise, why wouldn't you have gotten on with it with the inevitable undisputed era split? Like, but by, by the way, I forgot to mention it last week, but they did. I, I meant to, and I right after we were done. I, I realized I didn't. So they very awkwardly last week 
shoved that in front of us. Like, we don't even know who hired him. It's like, well, wait, who was suggesting anyone hired him? Like, yeah, <laughs> just, it's like, true. He could have well, just been a guy that really wanted to. You know, he's such a low level character. There's no way that it's like, yeah, but, but it was, yeah, or, but he could have like, been a guy that wanted to make a name for himself. Presented. Right. So, wouldn't you agree? Like, it was like, wait, how do you know anybody hired him? Right. Like, we didn't, we didn't. Yeah, it's a, it's a fair point. You're not wrong about that. All right. We, we only have about eight minutes here because we got to get Kevin Eck in um, to talk about AEW. I, I'm, the only thing I'm going to say, if you're a person that likes AEW and the product that you've been getting, and and the the Cody problem, and didn't like the Jericho MJF thing. I, I I you're gonna have to try to make that make sense to me. Um, I I have no idea what you people want. I I I'm so lost at what. Did people not like that? Oh, a lot of people didn't. Lots like of it. people didn't what? like it. A lot of people. A lot of people really didn't like. It. I'm gonna take it a step further. If you didn't like that, I don't know what you like about Chris Jericho. Because that's Chris Jericho. You have no soul. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a couple things. I think it's okay if we try to be a little honest about this. It was a really great idea. It was an okay execution, and not a lot more than that. But because it was Jericho doing it in, in such a cheeky way. It works. Again, this doesn't work for anybody else. It works for Jericho. I don't know. I thought the execution was pretty goddamn I I mean, I think think asking these people to do these things and to pull it off in any way is amazing. This is not what these people are due. they even could carry a tune in the slightest other than Jericho. But that's the problem. Again, like the idea being, hey, it's kind of funny because they're not really like, you know, they're not really like singers and so that'll make it funny. Well, it actually kind of made it miss because you didn't really catch all the things they were saying um, because they're bad. They were bad. (laughs) And so, like, the funny parts and the references they made to other wrestlers, y- you couldn't even really catch them and if they were funny or not because you-, you couldn't tell what they were saying. They're not good singers. And Jericho's a fine, he's like a fine singer, but certainly not in this style. He's, no. he's not a show tune singer. No. I, I absolutely love this. It, I had no idea... Like this totally threw me for a loop that it even happened. It's it's a weird like I I am very appreciative of the attempt. I'm very appreciative of the idea. I think it was really neat, and I think like it's not gonna have a place in my heart for a long time because it just didn't hit. But the idea, going for it, and the chuckles that I did get out of it. The only thing I could say coming out of it is big thumbs up. Um, but it's not. It, to me, is not an iconic moment that I'm going to remember for some time because of its brilliance and because of the, the execution of it or anything like that. Aaron, I saw you talking with somebody and comparing it to um, a festival of friendship. I mean, obviously, because of the way the turn happened, it, was, you know, it wasn't a big moment or anything. But I'm just saying, like, the festival of friendship was exceedingly goofy. Like, let's be very clear about that. But because it was Jericho, he made it work. And that's what Jericho is. Uh, correct. Uh, com- uh, completely agree. Jericho is very good at that. I love, I love that they went for it. I really love that they said, here's the dumbest idea you're going to hear. Let's give it a shot. I love that they did that. Um, and even though, again, as execution-wise, it was okay. And it's also really bad that, like, you fo- like if you're going to do something like that, it needs to be sealed by... This is what makes it really memorable is it needs to be sealed by something. It needs to be sealed either by you literally do the absurdity of all of that only to have Chris Jericho say no or something like, you know, like 
something you couldn't hold a tune you're out correct that really sells it at the end and ties it all up together and that makes the fact that it all leads to well next week we're going to talk about it again like what the fuck chris jericho is singing fucking show tunes with this guy what the (laughs) what is there to talk about they're they're by the the way I, i mean correct me if i'm wrong has there ever been a musical theater pro wrestling segment before I, not that I'm aware of, and that's that's why I appreciate them going for it. Like, God it's, damn, yes. I, I, I'm sorry, I just can't criticize this at all. Like, I, I thought it was so much fun. I, I, you know, obviously, like, I didn't hear every joke, but that's the whole fucking point, so that you'll go watch it a million times on YouTube. Like, I, I, it's almost like one of those, um, oh, uh, what's what are the movies where the jokes come so fast that you, uh, that you have to watch them, like. Well, that was people like, would say that about Thirty Rock movie, for a, you're like people, whatever, where the dialogue is so fast right. that you have to go back. To people people would say that about Thirty stuff. Rock for a long time that the jokes would yeah. like the punchlines were coming literally like sixty a minute, and so and you're laughing so you can't hear what they said the next time. So you have to watch it again. I mean, like if anything, this is. I mean, I don't know. I haven't looked at the stats or anything, but I can't imagine this isn't being shared and rewatched a million times on YouTube. I'm not, um, for what it's worth, I'm not seeing that, but that's, I'm not, you know, I'm certainly not an expert in that. And again, I think it was good and I think it was worth doing. I absolutely 100% think it was worth doing. It was well executed. I think they needed to sting it better at the end. I think they needed something to truly paint the absurdity of it. It's really bad that the answer after all of that is, well, we got to talk about it next week. Like that. I, that's bad. That's just a bad way for you to go with that that makes it a little forgettable. Like, so you're suggesting there's a scenario where this didn't matter at all? Like, I I don't care. I have no problem with next week after you're doing all that and Chris Jericho deciding to accept. I have no problem with next week. Now the inner circle's pissed because we never agreed to it, right? Like, that's okay. This, I, yuck. That's a yuck. But on the list of yucks, it's very low. There are far more significant yucks when it comes to this company. Um, speaking of which, uh, it was nice that there was very minimal Cody Rhodes on this show. That was really pleasant change. I would encourage more of that. I have no idea what they're doing next week. They have booked themselves into a corner. Mm-hmm. I have no clue what they do. I, I, I assume it's going to be another Schmoz finish. Especially because it's a, it's a lumberjack match now. Yeah, I, I was so, just going to say... So we're super schmoz. Yeah. I, but how is that good? I'm not saying it's good. No, I'm saying it's good. That's what's going to happen. I mean, this is... I mean, it's, and, and then it's either going to be a triple threat or a fatal four-way right. at full gear. Like, right. that's what we're getting. Anything else from AEW that win a comment? I mean, by the way, uh, Eddie King... The, the, the Eddie Kingston, John Moxley stuff, wonderful this week. It really was quite good. I mean, the Eddie yeah. Kingston stuff, not really the John Moxley stuff. That was only... I, though that was... It was so good. It was, I it was fine. I didn't think it was... But no, I mean, Eddie, Eddie show. Right. The again, we go back to the problem that I brought up last week. And and I'm I'm interested in the fact that I I wonder how much of a miss internally. I, I am gonna say one thing. I said last week the most confusing thing to me about the Cody Rhodes thing is that there are so many people that are good at their jobs that aren't stepping in, that aren't saying what in the fuck is happening here. The fact that we got very little Cody Rhodes this week combined with him going out of his way to say something about the championship belt yeah, makes me wonder if someone didn't step in. 
and say, yeah, dude, you fucked up. You fucked up on this one. We gotta, we gotta recalibrate. I mean, he's clearly still setting the the seeds for a like a potential hero turn that I don't give a shit about and don't. I'm not interested in it. I don't want it. But I was very interested by the fact that it was so little of him on the show, and in that so little, he went out of his way to try to put over the championship belt again, which is you know hilarious, right? Like it's it, it, it with a brain you say, really, really, dude, like you're really doing that. Five days after you fucking shat all over your belt or that belt, but it makes me wonder if somebody isn't stepping in and somebody with a brain isn't saying we gotta really think about what we're doing here because this is nuts. Anything Glenn, else? Can you ask? Can you ask your question? What? Which question? Oh, oh, right. Yeah. Oh my yes. god, I almost forgot about it. Guys, what was the hottest shit in all of professional wrestling this week? Can I go first? By all means. The Young Bucks. I, I'm what in the actual fuck was that? I, I, I like. It's so funny you say that. I'm inclined to agree with you. And in in this, it, let me say something. The Kenny Omega thing, wonderful. Oh, yes, 100%. wonderful. I, there Amazing. were some people who were upset upset that you know they don't normally do squashes, and the and the first one to a real character was Sunny. But like the Kenny stuff was so per- that's yep. what we need out of Kenny. Correct. Now, what uh, we have another Jim Ross problem. We have another uh, once again Jim Ross. I at some point they're gonna have to have a, a come to Jesus about whether or not it's worth it. Like Jim Ross referring to Sonny Kiss as her again this week is So again you you had that thing come out where Sonny's like, No, because I gave you know, Jim can say that because I do go by all those things. So that's what they're gonna turn to. They're gonna need to make that he more posted that on Twitter. Jim Ross yes. posted on Twitter. Alright, I missed that. With, you know, I missed something. that then. I missed that yeah. then. So I'll But I'll... it does bother me that he's the only one that does they, it. They agree. The like they... this doesn't seem like he's doing it out of respect, is that he can't figure it out, so they're just rolling. And and, it, and that's what I fear. I fear it's Sonny Kiss trying to do a favor to Jim Ross. Like right? him, yeah. Correct. Like let yeah. me try to help you clean yep. up this mess. Um that it's that's a bad it goes back to what we talked about with Hikaru Shida, Shida, right? Like, this is offensive. It's offensive that in a company that apparently has a lot of money, you can't all get together and, and figure this out. Figure out how to pronounce your, um, your women's champion's name. Figure out how you address Sunny Kiss. These aren't hard things. You, you can do this. And then make sure everybody understands. Send out a goddamn memo. Like, like get everybody backstage and say, Hi! Will you ever be saying the name Hikaru Shida? Here's how you pronounce it. And if you pronounce it a different way, you're going to get in trouble because we're telling you how to do it. Same thing here. Um, Kenny thing great. Young Bucks thing. I got nothing. Weird. I got nothing. Weird. Nothing. We got to beat these heels down. No doubt. other heels. No doubt. Right. Oh, and you know what's... <laughs> What's even better is we definitely need a, needed more Tully Blanchard. Well, and not just we needed Tully Blanchard. Who could that old guy be right. who has a mask who's helping FDR? Who can perform exactly one move? Who's capable of doing one thing? Who you've could got, that you've be? Got, like, it's funny because if you look at both shows, you've got a perfect example of the mask thing done the right way. Not saying that like Pat Mack, but just it's like someone that you would – I didn't expect didn't to see Pat McAfee. Pa- it was Pat right. McAfee until he unveiled himself. Right. Exactly. And then you have another team with a fucking manager, and it's him. <laughs> like, By the way, I was, I was convincing myself for, for a second that it was Adam Cole. I was. I was allowing <laughs> myself to believe that it was Adam Cole. Um, on NXT, you mean? Yep. 
100 percent that adam cole was taking out undisputed era from the inside that he was never actually going to turn face that he was just going to become an even more dastardly heel it was going to set up kyle o'reilly to be their face leader moving forward like i was allowing myself to believe that they had done something really fucking cool like really surprising and awesome and set up something great moving forward the three of them versus like i was all in and so yes i was very let down when the answer ended up being pat mcafee but at least to your point i did not expect it i expected something else in that moment let's welcome back an old friend uh here on the program aaron uh this guy was you before you um and in fact he was much better than you um no offense it's just the way it is uh, he once upon a time he was like, dude, I'll never be a podcast guy, and now he's got like a hundred. <laughs> now, like <laughs> he literally has more podcasts than I do. He is uh, our friend Kevin Eck from Ring of Honor, and he's with us now here on Jobbing Out. Kevin, it's good to talk to you, man. Thank you as always taking a couple of minutes for us. Hey, it's always great to talk to you guys, and. Uh... Would you say a million? Po- I mean, I think I got. Dude. I have two. Yeah. So okay. I'm, 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 That's I'm basically on my way. a million. But Come dude, you were yeah. definitely an anti-podcast guy. Like you were 100. percent I'll never be the podcast. It's not oh. me. Nobody wants that. I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I, you know, my rationale always was everybody has a wrestling podcast. What in the world am I going to add? Uh, what could I do differently? But you know. Uh, Things change. So, you know, I guess I, I sold out, and, and now I'm a podcaster. All right, so tell us about the new one. We're going to talk Ring of Honor with you. Um, obviously, huge news this weekend is a certain arrival uh, occurred. But I just let's start with the new podcast. Old, no, say it's a new podcast. It's old school. Old school in session with Gary Juster. Tell me about how this came about and, and why this one was one you wanted to get involved with. So, yeah, if anyone's familiar with uh, Gary Juster, you know that, um, especially in the Baltimore area, he has a lot of history here. He was the promoter uh, for Georgia Championship Wrestling in Baltimore when Georgia Championship Wrestling made their debut back in 1984. He then transitioned into uh, working for Jim Crockett Promotions and bringing them to Baltimore, then WCW. uh, And then years later, he ended up as director of operations in Ring of Honor. But he's got a lot of history here, a lot of history in the business. He broke into the business in... Uh, the 70s as a teenager in Minneapolis working for Vern Gagne uh, doing uh, spot shows and then he was uh, he did some uh, yearbooks there they they put out you remember the old days used to be like team yearbooks for like the Orioles and the of course yeah well he had this idea and this was his in in the wrestling business was to do those uh, for the AWA and uh, he got to Vern Gagne and Vern loved the idea and that was how Gary really broke into the business but uh, Gary has all these stories, um, and he's regaled many of us, including myself, over the years, uh, because he worked closely with Vern Gagne, and he knows Bruno Sammartino. He knew Bruno Sammartino very well. Uh, the Road Warriors, Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair—I mean, you name it—Gary has worked with them. And you know, he was around for the first wrestling war in the '80s between crockett and the wwf and the second round of the wars the monday night wars he was at wcw and was a key figure behind the scenes there so gary just has so many great stories and instead of keeping them to himself we figured uh why not share them uh and that's where the podcast came about it was a little bit of a surprise uh that gary was really interested in doing it because he's been a guy who's notoriously wanted to stay out of the spotlight 
and uh, and just he's very content being behind the scenes. But Gary figured, all right, you know, maybe the time is right now. I can tell some of these stories. And so every Wednesday uh, on YouTube, old school in session, uh, there will be a new episode. And um, I, I, I think old school fans will really like it because they'll hear, hear some stories they probably never heard before about, again, some of the classic old school names. Uh, but I think newer fans and and if you have an interest in wrestling history that you'll get a lot out of it as well. That's cool. That's really cool. And you're still doing the ROH Strong podcast as well, correct? Yeah, still doing the ROH Strong podcast. Just finished the 28th episode, um, which will drop this coming Monday. Yeah, new episode comes out every Monday on, uh, let's see, I've I've practiced this, on (laughs) ROHwrestling.com and most podcast platforms. Um, When do you want to announce your next podcast, which is obviously coming? You're totally turning into this guy. You're basically going to be, like, we should start calling you Conrad Eck pretty soon, I think. Ah. Man, I have to. No, I was gonna make. I was gonna make a joke there, but I'm not gonna. Leave it alone. Maybe that. leave it alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That would. That would. That would just. That would just be rude. Um, no, no. No body shaming on this podcast. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. I'll tell you what. During this quarantine, you know, there was a, a <laughs> saying: you'll either come out a chunk or a hunk. And uh, I mean, you know me, Glenn. I kept myself in absolutely. Pretty good You're still in fighting uh, shape for the most part. I, I tell you what, man, I'm getting closer to the to the to the I'm sorry to the chunk. Oh no! Oh, yeah, no. yeah, it happened. Oh, oh no! Yeah, oh no! All right. Well, uh, so you asked me about the next guest. Let me get my yeah. Don't let me get uh, all right. I'll forget my plug-in. Yes. Um. Yes. Yeah, so actually, this week we had a big one. The one that's uh, current is EC3. Oh, I've heard about heard him. him. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. making a little news lately. Yeah. Um And coming up next week, this coming Monday, we've got a special. Halloween themed episode. So we have a really special guest. What well, we have Vincent, who is as you know is I the, love, the he's amazing, yes. And is yeah, very the, much the horror king, yes. The horror king, sort of the, the Manson esque cult leader. But we also have, if you're a horror movie fan, you won't want to miss this because we have actor Bill Mosley, who uh you will know from Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpses. Three from Hell, and uh, he was also Chop Top in Texas Chainsaw Massacre Holy 2. Holy crap! Oh, yeah. That's awesome! That is effing yeah. awesome! Very cool. And that's the one that's coming up next week, uh, the ROH Strong Podcast. That's awesome, dude. Very, very cool. Kevin Eck is with us. All right, so you mentioned EC3, so I guess we should just go there, right? Like, um, we 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 kind of didn't know what was going on. We had heard some rumors. I think Aaron, right? The last time we had Kevin on, like we were kind of talking yeah. about that. Yeah, like the day before, he had put out that uh, the the Twitter video or whatever. And and here we are, and we see him this past week. Did did you know all along what the story was? And like, can you tell us? I don't know what you're allowed to like say. What you know? What you don't know? about how this is going to work with EC3 and Ring of Honor, considering, you know, like, we are seeing EC3 in other places, clearly. Right. Well, I think I can I can speak freely now since he's already made his debut. Uh, when he first started making these teaser videos, after he was released uh, by WWE, he made several, if you'll remember, one where he was, like, talking about Impact, one where he was talking about ROH, um, I don't know if there was another one, but uh, definitely those two. And uh, I immediately I texted him because I knew I knew him back when he was Derek Bateman. And sure. we became friends back when I worked in WWE Creative. He was Derek Bateman playing a comedy guy on NXT. 
And we became friends because we had a lot of, you know, he's a Cleveland Browns fan. I'm a Ravens fan. So, you know, we had that whole thing. His girlfriend at the time was a Steelers fan. So we, we had three-fourths of the Shut AFC up, Brandon. Order. Shut up, awesome. Brandon. Nope, stop. Well, they, uh, they, they they broke up. So, you know, a Steelers <laughs> fan and a Browns fan, that's just that's a mixed marriage that can't last, you know. So um, anyway, we, we were, you know, longtime friends. We kept in touch a little bit. Uh, he was actually in, you know at one point was in a uh, fantasy football league that I play in. So I texted him and I said, man, I just saw this ROH video. Like, are you, are you going to be, you know, are you coming? Are you going to be here? And he texted me back. He goes, ah, I don't know. He goes, it's an option. I'm just uh, messing with people at this point. Right. So then I asked Hunter Johnston, who is uh, the head of ROH creative. And um, he goes, yeah, man, EC3, he's, you know, it's like very, very hush, hush, super kayfabe. But yeah, we're going to be uh, bringing him in. And I was, he's like, but, you know, nobody knows. And I was like, wow, you got he even kayfabe me like a guy who's known him for 10. I'm like, give him props. Like he kayfabe me when I asked him. That's about cool. It. So, yeah, we knew he was coming in. And, um, you know, we we had these tapings in August with no fans, as you know. Yep. So Hunter was very excited about it because he was like. You know, for the first time ever, ROH can do spoiler free tapings because there's, you know, there's going to be nobody there, only the essential crew. And as you know, ROH tapes, you know, usually like four episodes, three, four episodes right? yeah. at a time and yeah. the spoilers get out. And, you know, he's like, we can really surprise people. And so EC3 was going to be a big surprise. Now, as you know, often happens in the wrestling business, somehow it got out and it made some of the dirt sites that he was in Baltimore and he was going to be at the tapings. Uh, but that, I don't, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing because it created a buzz and I think it created some anticipation and no one knew exactly what he was going to do when he got here. Uh, but as far as I know, unless he's, you know, kayfabing me again, um, he's a legit free agent still, you know, he's been working with impact. He's going to work with us. And it, it kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, when Cody was a, was a free agent back in the day. If you remember, mm -hmm. after leaving WWE, Cody worked everywhere. You know, he was working ROH and Impact simultaneously at one point and was doing all kinds of indies and everything else. So, you know, I'm excited about EC3 being around. And I think, you know, we're definitely going to be working together uh, for a stretch. But um, I don't know that he's going to be exclusive. And at least that's not the case at this point. You know, from a creative standpoint, how do you go about, obviously you're not necessarily the, the guy who makes the decisions, but thinking about it from a creative side, knowing that, you know, it's not necessarily an exclusive thing. We don't know how long term it is. How do you go about using someone like that? Well, I mean, it's a fluid situation for sure. But, you know, a lot of it is, is uh, there's got to be a degree of trust. You know, when you're working on basically a handshake deal, um, that's how you have to approach it. You know, you have you can set your plans in motion and you trust that the talent you're working with is going to is going to work with you. And, and those plans are going to you know go the way you want them to go. And I could just say, you know, again, he's a really solid guy, solid person. I don't know if you've ever had him on the show before or spoken yeah, with him. He's incredible. But, I mean, he's absolutely yeah, he, incredible. Really good dude. Really good dude. So, OK, so we see the I, and I watch this and we see a match set up from last week's episode after he comes in. By the way, the control your narrative thing is tremendous. It's. It's a little bit different for EC3. It's it's perfect for you know like what he's doing right now, kind of being a free agent, controlling his. I love that. So and we, it's his own. It's his own creation, by the way. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. So we see a match set up, but right now, like 
we're still in the middle of the tournament and and I guess the question is like what what's coming after this? Like do we know we we know we're going to do um this six man tag match that was set up with with the Briscoes and with Shane Taylor, but like when is that happening because obviously there's a bigger thing going on and I want to talk about the pure tournament and what you guys have done, but do we know yet like what the next step is for Ring of Honor after we get past the tournament? Well, when you say we, um, yes, you some do, of us. you do, I, I do. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, as for right now, just, you know, the only thing we can say is that that match, which, uh, that, that six man match has been proposed. Um, I think there's a very good chance you may see it on TV in the next, uh, couple of weeks. Okay. And then beyond that, yeah, there is a plan in place for EC3. Uh, but we just got to see how it plays out. All right, we will. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. All right, Glenn, Glenn brought it up, and I've been I've been wanting to talk about it. Uh, who came up with the idea for the the pure tournament coming out of out of everything out of the shutdown and and just kind of how did it come about? Because I think it's one of the best things on television right now, honestly. Oh yeah, I, I mean I, I would say thank you, but I can't take any credit for it. So uh, there's not. Uh, but I do agree with you. Just even as a wrestling fan, if I didn't work for Ring of Honor. Uh, I mean, it's just so different than anything else that's out there. And uh, I, I love it as well. Um, it wasn't Hunter's idea initially. OK, let's just I'm trying to figure out the most delicate way to word this. Um, a previous booker had that mm. idea mm. and mm. then uh, the book went back to Hunter. So Hunter had this idea in his lap. But really, the vision of what you're seeing on TV is all hunters like he is the guy who came up with, um, uh, you know, the look and, you know, like uh, people have uh, in this empty arena era, people have done different things, as we've seen, whether it's, uh, you know, and in all sports, you know, do we have cardboard cutouts of people? Do we pump in crowd noise? You know, what do we do? And Hunter made the decision from a creative standpoint we want to strip this down and make it as pure as possible. So the no fans thing, actually, we you know we can use that to benefit us because it's a unique setting and it's all focused on the action in the ring. We don't need to have uh, a crowd or play to the crowd, um, you know. So and, and not having the crowd noise, uh, you know, it was it was just all it was all part of it. And um, you know, I think uh, like you said, I mean, it's just it's just so unique compared to anything else that we're seeing. And, uh, you know, the guys that are in the tournament, this tournament was originally proposed for April before we had our, you know, obviously the shutdown because of the pandemic. A lot of the guys that were in it initially were guys like Joe Hendry and Mark Haskins. And, you know, there were others who are, are international and obviously they can't come into the country right now. So Hunter did have to come up with more names. And, uh, By the and way, we really should we should petition the government to allow Joe Hendry to be wherever Joe Hendry wants to be. We should <laughs> yes. really look into that. That's shameful on our part. But you know, Hunter Hunter went out and got guys like uh, you know Fred Yehi and Russ Taylor and Wheeler Yuta, guys who are really good pure wrestlers but aren't signed to a major company. Yeah, and and inserted them in the tournament. And uh, you know, we saw like you know Yehi not made a hell of a run. Yeah, right. Like yeah. made a hell of a run within this tournament. And we're we're down to the final four. Uh, Kevin Eck is with us on jobbing out. So a couple things. I guess first of all, for those that don't know, Hunter is delirious, correct? Um, That's correct. Is, yes. Is is I, there's another? Believe it or not, there's another Hunter in professional wrestling. Um, and this is, uh, this is the good one. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've worked with both. Oh damn! 
Well, that was good. <laughs> I uh, I appreciate Jot that. Jot that pal. one down for the dirt sheets. I appreciate that one. <laughs> no, no, I, I'm kidding. I enjoyed working with Paul Levesque. I, I I actually know that to be true. You've talked about that before with yes. me. Um, uh, and it's not Hunter Biden either, for the record. It's a oh, different ooh. Hunter that we're talking about, Hunter Johnston. So, um, you know, the, the tournament comes together, and I think one of the things that we had kind of privately talked about, not necessarily in relation to this, but in relation to WWE, and I guess it wasn't privately, we talked about this on the show, I think whenever you talk about the idea of actual combat infiltrating pro wrestling, like, typically there's sort of a hinky feeling towards that, right? Like, typically people say... No, and what uh, what was the God? What's the thing that I'm brawl for all right? Like I, oh, yeah. you think about things like that, and you're like, no, do not, just stop trying to blur these two worlds. And I'm guessing that the reason why this works, and I agree with with Aaron, and I told you, like I've loved this, like this has been tremendous, is because you're not really trying to sell it as being fighting. You're trying to play up a sport aspect. Of pro wrestling. It's very clear that what you're watching is still pro wrestling. We're not trying to bamboozle you or pretend like this is a shoot fight or like we're telling you it's pro wrestling. It's just pro wrestling. And I think that's the reason why this works. And you can play up some of the sport aspects of it and the three rope breaks and make it look more like a fight without trying to convince anyone that it's something other than that. Well, I think you, you hit the nail right on the head. I mean, that's what it is. It's it's pro wrestling before you know, everyone broke kayfabe and admitted what everyone, you know, pretty much knew or suspected all along that the business is a work. This is a throwback to presenting it as a pseudo sport, which is what wrestling, again, used to be in a prior era. And no, we're not trying to fool anybody. And look, the brawl for all was a shoot. I mean, they legit had guys going in there. The results weren't predetermined and they were fighting. And it was I think, you know, most people think it was pretty disastrous. So, no, this is still a this is worked pro wrestling. But yes, it is presented as a sport, although we're not trying to hoodwink anyone and, and make it seem like, you know, you're suspending your disbelief just again, like the old days, like you used to do with pro wrestling. And, you know, and um, yeah, it's not it's not presented as as uh, as real. It's but it is presented very sports centric. And, you know, Hunter really believed this could fill a niche because uh you know, AEW basically said when they started up, hey, we're going to do statistics and rankings and we're going to be sports centric. Yeah. How'd that and go? And I think they followed up right with I think they do the rankings. But oh, I thought kinda, I thought they, they got up. I thought they got rid of the rankings at this point. Too. Really <laughs> that oh, did they? All right. He was the third ranked or something like Jesus. that. OK. <laughs> but anyway, so they sort of didn't fulfill that promise. And Hunter thought, you know, with with um Cinematic matches being a big thing and, uh, you know, skits still being and all the stuff that's going on now that some fans love, uh, some fans think is silly. Let's give the fans what they were sort of promised but didn't get. And at least, you know, it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. I'm sure there are people who are more fans of sports entertainment who are going to say, yeah, I want to see the over the top stuff. And, you know, I, I love that aspect of pro wrestling. And they won't they won't care for this. It's again, it's not everybody's cup of tea, but there's certainly an audience that will appreciate it. And, you know, I've seen nothing but positive feedback uh, from the wrestling uh, journalists, from the fans. So, I, you know, I think 
I think we've definitely tapped into something and, you know, where it goes from here, we'll see. I don't know that Ring of Honor will become uh, 100% pure, so to speak, that that's, you know, going to be the style of every match going forward. Because if you remember when the pure tournament, uh, I'm sorry, when the pure title was around the first time in the early days of Ring of Honor, it was a separate title. It was part of the show, but it wasn't how every match was done. And uh, and I think that's what you're going to see. I, I think it's going to be an aspect of the show going forward for sure. But I don't think you're going to see ROH become 100 percent the pure wrestling company. Sure, so sure. hopefully we can, you know, there'll be a little something for everybody. If not 100 percent, though, could you see this almost becoming uh, I, I don't want to say Ring of Honor has has kind of lacked an identity, but it, it, it's gone through several identities. Could you see this becoming a major part of the identity going forward? Absolutely. And I think, you know, what you said is it's it's fair to say. And I think even internally, there was there have been discussions, you know, where we've like, what do we want to be like? What are we going forward? How do we define ourselves? How do we distinguish ourselves from all the other products that are out there? And, you know, there were a lot of ideas tossed around. And, and at the end of the day, uh, I, I don't think we really did distinguish ourselves. And and look, we had a lot of work to do because when the elite left, they took a lot of Ring of Honor fans with them. I mean, we're not going to yeah. let's not sugarcoat it. Um, we were trying to figure out where do we go from here? And, uh, you know, again, we hadn't 100 percent figured it out. I mean, the talents there, if you objectively look at the Ring of Honor roster, I don't know how anyone could say that roster is. Now, I want you know, if you don't say it's the best in the in the business, I think you could certainly say it's as good as any other roster. It's certainly very competitive with any other company's roster out there. So the talents there, it's just, um, you know, it was about creating a buzz again for Ring of Honor, because in a lot of people's minds, you know, AEW immediately became the number two company and people abandoned Ring of Honor and, and people wanted to, you know, pile dirt on Ring of Honor. And um, and and there was no buzz. And finally, I think we've been able to hit the reset button with the pure tournament. People are talking about it. People are checking out Ring of Honor again and giving it a chance. And that's all I think, you know, we were ever looking for was, you know, our product, we believe, was always good, even after the elite left. But it was happening in a vacuum and and no one was seeing it. If no one's seeing it, you know, what's the point? No, I, I completely understand what you're saying. By the way, um, uh, I've watched a lot of AEW and a lot of Ring of Honor recently, and I'm. I, this is not me saying this because you're talking. I think these guys all know. I'd rather be watching Ring of Honor right now. Just wow. flatly where I am. Now, there's some specific reasons for that, uh, um, but I don't want to. I don't want to spend more time on that right now. It's just sort of what it is. Um, all right, so uh, Kevin, if I could. Uh, by the way, uh, also kudos to you guys for deciding to do something like this and not just making it play fighting in a boiler room. Um, not that any, I don't know why any major professional wrestling company would do that. That would, that would just be silly. And then have it just disappear one day and, and, and not pretend like it never existed. Um, well, you know, you, you, you know, that was EC3's thing, right? You, you, I mean, I, did you see his original, uh, control your narrative video that he did? That was like an underground fight club. Oh, yeah. I guess I did see that now that I think about yeah. it. I never really put those dots together. Yeah. Well, when he was on the podcast, uh, I brought it up to him about, how similar the raw underground looked to the video that he put out. And he said that he had actually presented that. I, he was starting to recreate, uh, reinvent himself in WWE. He was in the process of it. He knew uh, he wasn't really, you know, being promoted the way he wanted. And he had had some injuries, which slowed him down. But he was trying to reinvent himself with a new character, which is the character you're seeing now. And he presented it. And, you know, before anything was able to happen, 
he was released, you know, when they had all these all these releases because of the pandemic. But he still had that idea in his head and and he developed it while after he got released. And, you know, this is this is his creation. But he certainly uh, saw the very uh, similar presentation hmm. of Raw Underground. And he said, you know what? He's like, I knew it. I knew when I presented it to him. And it didn't get done with me that they were just going to steal it. He's like, I just knew that would happen. So I know I wasn't surprised. You know, what's striking to me right now is doing something like this to benefit EC3's character sounds like a good idea. And yet it somehow became, how do we get Shane McMahon on television again? <laughs> doesn't it always, doesn't it always come to how it does it benefit really, the McMahons? really you know? I mean, seems as though there is something to be said for that, Kevin. This goes, all, this goes all the way back to, remember, the invasion storyline? And it's like, we, we now own WCW and ECW. So what can we do there? Oh, Shane owns WCW and <laughs> Stephanie owns ECW. Because when I you mean, think this, ECW, this yeah, you think Stephanie McMahon. Everybody knows that. Of course, 100%. <laughs> That's the way that that works. Um, are, are, so what are you watching? Are you watching anything else at all? Or, or have you totally tapped out on everything else? Honestly, I'm I'm being 100% honest with you. I have tapped out yeah. on on everything else. I tapped out on WWE right after WrestleMania. Was it I don't know a year, two years ago? Right after the uh, Ronda Rousey was in the main event, the New York I WrestleMania, was, yeah, 19. Yeah, I was yep. I was really into uh, Ronda Rousey and and uh, Charlotte and Becky Lynch, and I thought that was the best thing going. After that, I, I really didn't have any interest in anything else. So yeah, I stopped watching WWE. Um, I read the recaps and stuff, you know, not every week, but I try to and I see what's going on through social media. There's nothing that I've seen since then that's made me want to tune back in. Now, I would only tell you, I think we all would be in agreement. The only thing that we would stand by significantly is uh, unbelievably Roman Reigns right now. Like that's that's the one thing that's really worth tuning in for at this point right now, which is what a world we're in that that's right. what we're trying to sell you on. But that's the one thing I would say it's genuinely good right now. Well, I mean, if, if you remember from conversations we've had in the past, I was always a Roman Reigns guy. Yep. I always mm -hmm. thought I, you know, I couldn't understand the hatred towards him. And, um, you know, at one point there was a uh, you know, again, I'm having not watched the product. I'm not as familiar with it as I used to be, but it looked like. Heyman and Reigns were going to hook up once before, right? They did this angle yeah. where Brock yep. and Heyman mm -hmm. had a split. Then we find out it was all That's when they should have pulled the trigger. Yeah, that's right. when I and I either on your show or other show, I was like, "That's this is it." Like Roman as a heel with with Paul Heyman, this is money. But now that it, I don't know, I mean, again, maybe I'm not the best person to comment on it because I'm not watching. But isn't it? Shouldn't it have happened then? I don't like, hasn't it I don't, lost some luster that it's happening I now? don't disagree I, I with that. I remember our first podcast that we ever had together, Glenn, that was leading up to that Mania in San Francisco. Yeah. And I said then, that should be the result of this. Yeah. That was five and a half years ago. Uh, and, and, and Kevin, I think you're right, but yet it's still working. Like I, I, You're still getting Paul Heyman yeah. and Roman Reigns together, and they've added in this other storyline with the Usos. So it's it's. It's really good. <laughs> like it's well, just given, really given good. the talent involved. Yeah. Uh, Roman and look, I am 100% a Paul Heyman guy. I think Paul is, you know, I'm in the camp of he's he's a he's a genius. Yeah. And not just as a as a booker and a creative guy, but as a performer, uh, Paul's the just the real deal. And Paul could make. I think he could enhance enhance anyone. Uh, but to put him with Roman Reigns and and yeah, I'm sure it's awesome. Uh, but it's not enough to make me want to give up three hours of my time oh, I get on that. Monday night yep, or two I get hours that. on 
what is it? Is it Thursdays or Fridays? It's Fridays. Fridays. Yeah, it's Friday Friday. nights. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I just, you know, I I will say this. If there's one thing I think that could actually make me tune in again, it would be if CM Punk made a comeback. That I would watch. Well, I'd love that. (laughs) I'd be all for it. But uh, I keep waiting for that moment. And it hasn't arrived yet. My my, my gut feeling is that is crowds being allowed away from being a possibility. Maybe, maybe. You might be right about that. That might be the case. All right. Uh, make sure you guys are checking out Old School in Session with Gary Juster uh, every week. It's on YouTube, and also it's available at rohwrestling.com, correct? Correct. And then, of course, the ROH Strong podcast as well, uh, every Monday in the same places. Kevin, what about uh, uh, social media where people finding you? You can find me on Twitter. It's at the Kevin Eck. Uh, and that's pretty much the only social media I really do at this point. Like I'm not into, I don't do Instagram. Uh, my Facebook is, is, uh, more private. So yeah, it's, uh, it's Twitter at the Kevin X. Very good. Uh, congratulations seriously to everybody. It's, uh, we're not, you know, bullshitting the, the pure tournament has been incredible. I mean, it's been really, really good. So congratulations on that. Uh, when you're ready to announce like whatever your, your third podcast is going to be, just let us know. Uh, as you move more into this realm, we'll make sure we make time for you. All right. <laughs> All right. I appreciate I'm not. Hey, I'm not. I've learned. I'm not going to say never. Right? Never say never. <laughs> Thank you to Kevin. Uh, Ring of Honor has been tremendous. Really have enjoyed it. Appreciate him taking the time. Aaron, before we wrap up, um, there is another event this weekend and one that has a really quite a good card. Um, that's, of course, uh, Bound for Glory, which is Impact's pay-per-view. Um, you want to take us through some of the highlights of that? Yeah, I mean, Impact has really been on a roll, especially for just the in-ring product. You, you can say what you, some of the storylines are a little weird, but they, they've definitely been on a roll. Um, it's definitely worth watching this pay-per-view. Obviously, it's uh, highlighted by Eric Young versus Rich Swan. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago, which should be a great match. What do you think they're yeah, doing there, Brazo, by the way? What do you, what do you, all- Aaron? What do you think they're doing there? I can't quite tell what they're doing. It, it feels uh, the EC3 thing has me wondering if, if this is almost just a, a pause to get EC3 into the picture. Okay. But with EC3 sharing time, you know, I don't quite know that either company is going to really invest in him in that way. Um, so, so we'll, we'll see. I, I, I'm mainly, I'm really excited about Deanna Perrazzo and Kylie Ray. Like we knew Deanna Perrazzo was good for a while, Yep. but she, with this featured spotlight on her has been tremendous, absolutely tremendous. You can make a case that, she of of all the women in any company, she's been the most interesting and wrestled the best matches over the past three months or so. Um, she she's just been tremendous. And then Kylie Ray is wonderful. And, and the tag match, uh, it's a four way match. You have the Motor City Machine Guns, the Good Brothers, the North, and Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. Um, yeah, so that's, that, that's well, we know who should win that one. Well, no, I don't disagree with you on that. By the way, speaking of which, it's been announced, the Good Brothers coming to Jimmy's. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm supposed to be doing like a friend's giving that night, but I am working on that because I absolutely <laughs> want, it? it's the 22nd of November, I believe it's the, oh, we, we oh, got to make that happen. I know, I know we'll work on that. Um, they had a special on uh, access on Tuesday night. It was excellent for a talking shop. Oh my shop. gosh. And, and the fact that they, you know, you had, uh, you know, you had, uh, uh, Rocky Romero on and he's just like, Hey, watch new Japan. Yeah, that was wild. <laughs> it was wild. No doubt. It was wild. Um, the other thing about this, by the way, Jordan Grace is in the X Division six-way match for the belt, um, yes. which is interesting. Love Jordan Grace. Uh, really good card. Really good card for uh, oh, Eddie Edwards versus Ken Shamrock as well, which 
You know, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. Ken Shamrock's still kind of interesting. I, someone's going to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone's going to die. That's Saturday night, uh, Bound for Glory on pay-per-view and Fight TV. Uh, all right, um, Brandon, would you like to plug something? So, I, you know, it's been a long time coming. It's been very frustrating, like, going through this whole COVID mess uh, since March. And we're finally here. All the Christmas decorations are at Target and Michael's. <laughs> and uh, we can uh, go buy our Christmas that decorations was, uh, Did you come up with that in the last five seconds? Is that <laughs> did no, you? I d- actually, I decided that when I was at Michael's earlier right, uh, buying right. a shirt for my Halloween costume. All right. I am, I'm, I'm decorated on the first. That's the way it'll go. Um, and that was in no way a suck-up uh, thing that I put in there for anyone in particular. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, real, real quick. Uh, what's the chance of I, I, I am convincing myself myself I want to go to that Blackberry Smoke show. I really, I'm really convincing myself of that. It's it's probably going to be two degrees, but I, I'm not. Go. That's not the end of the world. My problem is I, I don't. With all due respect to people that are trying to put on shows, and I, God bless you, thank you for trying to put on shows and like do some stuff. I'm 37 years old. I don't have four friends anymore that want to go to shows. That right. those days are over in my life. So it's you and I. It's, it's just you and I. Correct. <laughs> it's us. That's it. That's the way that it works now. So the price is fine if you're a person who has four friends who want to go to shows. Like no problem at all. It's quite reasonable. If you're a 37 year old who has no friends, it's like, harder. One hundred and fifty dollars. Right. It's a little harder to justify. Not that I don't like black. I like Blackberry Smoke, and I haven't seen them in a long time. I'd love to go see them. It's just a little more difficult to justify. Uh, those numbers for people my age. I, I appreciate people attempting to put on shows, though. I really do. By the way, Thank Baltimore's you. own uh, Stone Horses are opening that show. That's uh, John Allen. That's John Allen, Allen from... yeah. You know what? Uh, you know what's really funny about that? Uh, like, John Allen, I, I had not talked to John Allen probably in 10 years. And after. Did I, don't, did I tweet you about that show or did I text you about that show? You might have tw- Facebook. I, I don't think it was tweet. Literally, like, Brandon, I'm not kidding. Ten minutes after we talked about it, John Allen started following me on Twitter. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it was, this was very much a technology is, is, is ahead of you moment in my life. I'm like, holy shit. And I haven't, I just haven't talked to John Allen since, like, a Charm City Devil show at the Wrecker in a decade ago or something like that. So, super random. All right, uh, Aaron, we want to get some uh, VEASAN plugs in? Yeah, uh, listen to VEASAN on SiriusXM channel 204. You can watch VEASAN if you have Comcast Xfinity. Uh, just speak it into your voice app or look into the app section. Or, of course, you can subscribe to VEASAN, VEASAN.com. And as we get closer and closer to sports gambling being legalized, you're going to want to get more information. So uh, go to VEASAN. Very good. Aaron, who's all the money on this weekend, Steelers or Titans? Uh, the, moves, the line has moved heavily towards the Titans. Opened at one and a half or two towards the Steelers. It's down to Titans minus one. So what does that mean? Everybody's it means betting everybody's the betting the Titans. Yes, yes. Everybody's Got betting it. the Titans is what that means. All right, I'm at Glenn Clark Radio, glennclarkradio.com. Thanks again to AJ at AJFrancis410. Thanks to Kevin Eck for Aaron, for Brandon, and for the main event, Vent. Vent, 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 Vent. AJ Francis, I'm Glenn Clark. This has been Jobbing Out. Yeah.